Wake up, gamers, because you're listening to The Big Thing to Mention with Dan and Bob Video Games. The Switch 2, now launching with Ring Fat Adventures. Oh, no. Chris Wolfhard. Right again. And Dr. Agro. Yeah, let me get them uh, Switch Onion Rings. Here on Gigaboots. <laughs> So, Fryman, I'm wondering why you why you deep fried my switch. <laughs> I feel like that'd be Shake that did that. Oh yeah, but he's not going to be around to answer for it. <laughs> right, he's, oh, he's that couldn't who... have been Shake, Carl. He was abducted by aliens this morning. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, sh- <laughs> Frylock's the one who answered the door. <laughs> Shake's not answering the door after doing that shit. That's for certain. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 233 of Big Think Dimension. We've got so much exciting news. Well, wait. We've got some exciting news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've got some news. We, it's for some definition of news exciting. It's some. We've got that shit. We've got that locked down. We locked down the exclusive on news. <laughs> this is we the only that. place you can find news. news? <laughs> it's actually spelled N-O-O-Z, so we could copyright it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, we're on top of that. Uh, we actually have some cool games to talk about and some other stuff. But we've got something more important to open with. Bob, hold it up. Today we are drinking... Pineapple Pepsi? That I'm not. So I didn't know boring. this exists. Yeah, I, Bob sprung this on. I, I was like, yeah, we need to get this pineapple Pepsi at some point. Bob, turn that can. There is a pineapple wearing sunglasses. There is. Is there? Uh-huh. there is on this side, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, this is a Little Caesars exclusive. You'll notice the Little Caesars guy down here, too. <laughs> that thing you said. What? <laughs> that thing you said before the podcast. Agro <laughs> fucking kills me. <laughs> Like, it's, why would you? Oh, okay. <laughs> Pineapple Pepsi. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. If I was going to sell a food product, um, I feel like exclusive <laughs> to Little Caesars is just a step above, I found this in a storm drain in terms of effectiveness at making well, someone want to buy it. <laughs> Well, it's like the you, you know, it's like the corporate version of like test markets where it's like, okay, you're in Boise, Idaho. Here's wh- here's where we're gonna we're gonna test like the bacon blast Oreos to make sure they don't make your eyes fall out. Sometimes like, I'm like, I want to live in one of those test areas and see all the crazy shit they make. But then I really think about it, like, do I really want? To, to, to go in every week and try something Arby's decides the world isn't ready for. <laughs> I really yeah, it, <laughs> It's like if, if, if this if this pineapple Pepsi makes you grow a second face, the people were already eating at Little Caesars, so it isn't that big a deal. Right. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's like they're testing against the strongest, most resilient humans, Little Caesars regulars. Oh my God. Like... That would be the worst thing if I grew a second face, uh-huh. but it wasn't like far enough away from my first face oh. that I couldn't wear two VR headsets at the same time. Oh yeah, that's... that that'd be because like if it was like 
90 degrees over, I, I could I could rig that to work mm-hmm. and I could be my own like VR shooter squad under myself. Uh-huh, yeah, you would be the Firewall Ultra well, 2. <laughs> well, aggro, the the settlement with Little Caesars would surely be enough to get to have you a custom VR headset. <laughs> That's true. The VR headset market isn't exactly what you would call mainstream. If I had a second face in a weird angle, then suddenly my giant fishbowl helmet VR setup God. isn't such a stupid idea after all. No, it is because you still wouldn't see death. <laughs> Anyways, we have pineapple Pepsi. <laughs> Uh, I've not tried this at all. Bob cracked open the can right as we went live, and I prepared our fantastic Namco Museum music to to bring in this segment because uh, I've spent a long time trying to find the intro, the secret ingredient stab from Iron Chef, and uh, I don't think it's happening. Uh, if, if you have that music, by the way, isolated <laughs> from an episode, Iron Chef, proper original series Japan. Right. Not America, don't. Don't bring me that. I need to know. How, how far have we come? How arrogant that it's no longer good enough to just play an episode and put a tape recorder next to the speaker. <laughs> You're right. I'll go get my tape recorder. You know, you know uh, because my, mo- my mom went to college when I was young. She had a bunch of, like, cassette recorders she would bring to courses to record, you know, classes and stuff. But... I don't know why, because none of them broke, but she kept buying them. So I had like three growing up, and I don't know why. Huh. Do you think the college like library or shop or whatever sold them, and she just went, oh, I forgot at home, time to buy a new one. That sounds likely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much uh, one of those cassette recorders cost in like the 90s. Yeah, so those would be a huge scale. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm excited. Uh... On a scale of 1 to 10, where are your expectations coming in? And I guess I'll smell it so we're all in the... Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That sound is correct. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Okay. There's pineapple in there. There is. There is. Luckily, I had enough to drink before this where I've cleansed the, like, fluoride out from the toothpaste so there won't be any adverse citric bad sort of reactions or anything else like that i'm gonna say i expect this to be uh, keep in mind i'm on a diet so this will be the fucking sweetest thing i've had in a long time right i expect this to be at least a six out of ten on a one to ten scale my expectations are a six i feel like it just might taste a little too sweet but i bet it would work pretty well with some sort of liquor in it like perhaps Crown Royal or something else. Uh, Bob. Yeah, I'm expecting a seven. I don't think it's going to be like a bad flavor, but I don't think it's going to be even as good as regular Pepsi. Agro. I'm suspicious these sons of bitches somehow slipped pepperoni flavor in here <laughs> for the marketing hook. Mm. Like I, I used to work at a pizza place and we would uh, crack open cans of pineapple tidbits and save the juice yeah. and mix that with soda. Now, that's funny as shit because I worked at that same pizza place, but I did that shit at a different one. Mm. <laughs> uh, that just must be a pizza joint sort of thing to do because they don't use the pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I just poured it in fucking soda and it was like, this is great. Anyway, let's see. How does this compare? 
Mm. Okay. Already that's hitting me in a weird way one moment. That is extremely pineapple-y mm-hmm. in a way I didn't expect. There's a certain sweetness that I suppose I'm used to because it's pineapple juice in a can mm-hmm. that isn't here. That type of sweetness isn't here. But I think this well establishes a pina colada-esque flavor. Yeah, that's what it is. Because it's it doesn't taste like pineapple. It tastes like pineapple flavoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is uh, that is definitely where this is coming in at. Weirdly enough, I don't think this would go well with liquor. Something about this just seems to not work for me in that way. Maybe now, now you can make way better, way better drinks with vodka <laughs> very yeah, no, easily. You, you need a rum or something for this. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm ready to rank this. I wonder if pineapple's on the ingredient list. I will be surprised if it is. Pineapple juice concentrate. How far down the list is that? That's actually like the third thing. It's right after corn syrup. Wow. That's surprising because it really does taste artificial almost. Mm-hmm. Like not terrible artificial, but just there's the, it doesn't quite taste anything like eating pineapple or pineapple juices in my experience. No, this is. I'm going to go ahead and put this at a. I'm going <laughs> to say a six. I'm going to say the six was probably right. I think out of 10, this is this is exactly there. It's not really. It's not really exceptional. There's nothing that would drive me to choose this drink over others unless they were truly lower tier things. You know, um, I'm not sure that I have any particular use case for this drink or interest in it ever again bob what do you think i'm gonna go with the seven like i kind of like it but it's not something i would seek out i think i'd rather drink a diet pepsi personally Mm. and i might also rather drink a normal pepsi yeah aggro this thing is truly off-putting like (laughs) You know how sometimes you'll flavor a soft drink and you'll taste that soft drink and the flavor they added? This is less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. This tastes like how you hear when you're underwater. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like it hits your mouth and like, oh, there should be complete flavors here. And there aren't. It feels weird and staticky and numb. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like that... That tastes like how cheap plastic feels in your hand. <laughs> it is incomplete. That is a three at best. Pineapple Pepsi's is like watching an art form die. <laughs> this is an AI generated soda. Um, yeah, I don't know. In the grand scheme of drinks we've had for just this sort of segment, I feel like it's, it's hitting okay. For one of those i've turned i've certainly had worse yeah right segments anyway yeah like there were all those stupid cokes but at least they tasted like something i don't know coke starlights right there being <laughs> who knows what yeah that <laughs> shit was weird well that's gonna do it for that segment hey bob hey what's up 
You hear about video games? I have heard about video games. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's cool. Um, I also heard about video games. And in the second... Is this that news I've been hearing about? <laughs> no, that's later. <laughs> Keeping up with the tradition two weeks in a row, I guess I'm opening this fucking podcast with a VR segment and none of you can stop me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have bought... Drums Rock is the name of the game. It is a VR drumming game. So imagine rock band drums, but they aren't real, and you're holding VR controllers, <laughs> and you have to play the drums. This was on sale for $13. And Ragnarok, the cool Viking game with the Viking aesthetic and the runes on the drums and you like going down the river and into the Sky Palace. That was $25, which you might notice is a lot more. So I got drums rock. Uh, let's cover the basics real quick, okay? Here's where we're going. It's a drumming game. The drums don't physically exist. Yeah, so it's Beat Saber. Right. It's kind of... It's one of them, just with a drum set sitting in front of you. When your drumstick in your hand touches the hi-hat or the drums, it will haptically respond to that. So you mm. kind of can feel right. when you hit it. However, this already, this already removes a grounded reality from playing drums in a rhythm game that like is important and very kinetic in the rock band experience. So when they do the next few steps of there's no normal note chart, you are battling demons that fly at you in 3D space and hitting the drums when they cross a certain threshold. Uh, they have weird mechanics where really fast notes, instead of being um, like you hitting a bunch of notes in a row, a lot of the time they will make it big demon with number and you just know to hit it that many times. Huh. Um, there's a bunch of weird things like that where it's like chart readability really isn't great, but if, you, if you're if you already in the correct headspace to sort of enjoy this game, that is like, this isn't going to function at a high competitive level like a good, a great rhythm game, then you're sort of in the headspace to enjoy it. But, however, okay, let me get the one last technical out of the way before I reveal the next thing. So, as I mentioned... Two hi-hats or whatever. And then your drums on the side. Problem, horizontally, because this is designed for the Quest first and the FOV's smaller, they occupy horizontally the same exact space. They're just different colors. So if it's all the way to the left and it's blue, that's your hi-hat. It's all the way to the left and it's orange, that's your drum. But the orange doesn't look remarkably different from the red, which is your third from the left drum, and the right is green and purple. I hate that, and it's very frustrating to engage with. Like, mm -hmm. Rock Band already um, didn't have hi-hats, so I'm not used to that on a drum kit, and now they don't exist in physical space, and they occupy the same space on the note chart. These are all things that I just have to go, that's frustrating, and I'm going to do my best to ignore this because I'm just playing this for just to have a fun time in VR for, on the cheap, 13 bucks, and... It, it's burning calories because I'm flailing my arms for an hour and a half straight. So with all of these mental preparations accomplished, 
I set out to truly enjoy this game. And then I heard the music. Rut-row. They can't afford the original songs for 97% uh... of the game's soundtrack. Which means the in-house band slash composer has done a cover of Evanescence and Linkin Park's hit song. And they wholesale cut out all of the Linkin Park rap. And you think, this must be the worst it gets. This must be it. And then later you get to their in-house band's original song that tries to sound like a Linkin Park song. It sounds like a church group covering Linkin Park where the lyrics are about, you gotta bring a friend, we're gonna get through this together with a horrible, cheap-sounding, edgy new metal guitar going in the background. And you think, this, this is the bottom. I have hit the bottom. We're there. <laughs> and then you start playing a boss song and you go, wait, this is War Pigs. But but that song didn't say War Pigs. And then you realize they're just, this is now a bootleg knockoff of the song War Pigs. You're playing. It, it was so many layers of, oh my God, music. Oh my God. I'm trying so hard to enjoy you. It, it, the Evanescence cover truly was Kids Bop Tier, except for yeah. less professional. That's insane. Because I listened to the exact Kids Bop cover of that after we recorded a Pokemon Go to the Movies like a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. That exact song, I listened to the Kids Bop cover and then I got this game this week and went, oh man. <laughs> how, are you, how are you this much worse? Oof. There are some needed ideas in this game. For example, when you do boss fights, there are beam battles. So you'll hit a lull in a, in a song. So imagine the song War Pigs, but not legally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, you know, you get to the cool drum part where it's like, and during the guitar doing that, it will start a beam battle with this giant monster that is the background. And it will have a meter that's draining and you need to slam the drums insanely fast on the notes as it changes the colors to keep filling the meter to win the beam battle. And this happens multiple times throughout the song. And you actually can succeed at the song and not kill the boss. It's a neat idea. There are some neat ideas in this. There, uh, you could toss the sticks into, this, into the air, or you could do a cool slam them into the drum pad and let go with the inner clickies. <laughs> not actually let go of your VR controllers. <laughs> I mean, you could do that too. <laughs> then grab it in midair and now they're covered in lightning which sounds way cooler than it looks warning um but that will give you three times point value on the next hits you do and lightning will shoot up from the drum heads that's a neat mechanic these are neat mechanics it's really really hard to get past the music sounding the way it does because as far as i know there are maybe four or five official songs that are the original recordings in the game um and one of them is black betty well, I mean, yeah. Like, there's nobody who can't afford to license Black Betty. <laughs> I know, that's why I laughed so hard when it was Black Betty. Because I'm like, Kung Pao had Black Betty. I know how cheap that song must be to license. Uh, there's one really, really great 
song that is like a great experience to play in the game and it's mirror mirror by silent guardian i'd never heard of them this is not really my genre of thing but it, it is a fantastic song to play on the drums um and i enjoy doing it if i ever boot this game again it will be to play that one song and weirdly enough you know how i talked about that game until you fall last week mm -hmm. there is a song from that game in this hmm. they don't have a whole lot of crossovers they have blasphemous that in maybe one other game weird yeah it blasphemous? Is just blasphemous is that, that that metroidvania yeah okay yeah all right yeah <laughs> unless there's a band also called blasphemous that has similar sounding music because i swear from the trailers for blasphemous this is how that sounded anyways it yeah those are like the two good songs <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the blind guardian yeah, Blind Guardian. Okay. Did I say it wrong? You said Silent Guardian. Sorry. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of them. They sound like a power metal band. Sorry. Wait, that's probably a different power metal band I'm thinking of. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. <clears throat> they are blind, not silent. Um, yeah, that song was really cool. I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying This is going to be one of those moments where I play a song in a rhythm game and I get into it backwards. Be that. Mm -hmm. I got one out of this game. Believe it or not, I'm not going to listen to their weird bootleg knockoff of War Pigs. What? And you're only going to listen to their cover of Evanescence? No. Huh. No, no. The but only thing I got rap because, you know, they might be racist. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's white. <laughs> They're like, yeah, he's white, but it's still rap. <laughs> um, yeah, no. The only reason I've listened to that, I keep showing people that song. Because it is unbelievable how bad it is. I wish I could play it here, but yeah, there's obviously. the concern that it would get this podcast flagged. Um, you violated our copyright. Really, bro? If, if something's violated your song, it ain't me right now. Uh, and then the, uh, the weird original songs that are bootlegs of other songs, they get weird to an extent that it's like, hey, here's our like 80 synth like cool 80 synth rock song that is trying to talk about how cool the 80s is and i'm like this is like a supposed to be a funny parody song but it's not funny it's not overly funny there's just one line in it that flags it as obviously they think this is a joke and it's funny and it just kind of goes on too long and yeah so anyway imagine a rhythm game that has mostly terrible sounding music and then you play drums that aren't physically there and there are some neat aesthetic choices but that's about it huh. for 13 dollars, i can't be too absolutely pissed because it was an alternative way of keeping up my exercise goals but and and i do enjoy playing mirror mirror that's that's a dope song but Elsewise, I, I, guys, I, it's dire. Did, didn't you say the structure was also really weird? Like you had to play through easy oh, right. before you could play through normal? Okay, so they have cut the career mode into three chapters. And on the first chapter, you would be playing easy on every difficulty song until the final song of that chapter. And on the second chapter, you will play medium until the final song of that chapter is hard. And then the third chapter, you will be playing medium for the first couple still, I think, and then hard. And the weirdest part is the hard... This is one of those problems that you get into with more physically oriented rhythm games where there are a lot more drum beats in this than you are able to play with the drums because they don't have a kick pedal. They don't want you to have to hit a 
drumhead every single part of a double kick pedal while doing everything else that's going on. And uh, every song like that I've played on the harder difficulty, every time devolves into interpretive notes where it's like this one note symbolizes four notes in the song. So I don't know which of the four it is. So this is deeply frustrating because once again, mm-hmm. the, the chart yeah. readability sucks oh, because yeah. it's in depth. I've played a few phone rhythm games like that, where it's like, sometimes it's the drum beat. Sometimes it's when the sung lyric starts. Good luck. Yeah. So it has that vibe, and yeah, I, I've done a pretty good job of describing it. It's the sort of thing where I would like to let my friends play it like once or twice just to check it out, but I could never be like, you should buy this. <laughs> People have told me, though, there is a demo on Steam. I did not check that. Feel free if you've got a PC VR headset to check that out. I think. Did do you have a VR game to? T- I I do. Oh, wow. I, that's oh, wow. actually surprising. Significantly I didn't more money and had a good time. Uh, <laughs> I failed to see a correlation. I bought the Room VR, a dark I was, matter. I was so close to doing that. I was staring at it. You can ask him. I was like, oh, it's thirty dollars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. It was thirty dollars for like a, a five hour ish game. Mm-hmm. Which is one of those, like, I can't recommend people do that, but I'll do it every fucking time. Shove that puzzle game in my face, please. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I played through the room, like, one through three on my phone, and then I bought four on Steam, because I'm like, you can buy this phone game on Steam? How neat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically an escape room style puzzle game. In uh, this one specifically, like, this was out on PSVR 1. Uh, yes. It, yeah, it's a free upgrade to two. Um it's i was annoyed at first because it is teleport to move only and snap turning i got unangry about the teleporting thing because it's a puzzle game with complex environments Mm -hmm. and like you become very very happy very quickly that all right if you cannot stand directly in front of it it's not important Oh, okay. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. That yeah. that's important in that sort of game. Which yeah. is, you know, it's how the phone games work. You, you mm-hmm. tap and you'll swoosh toward this other thing, <laughs> but it's VR, so it's just so you no point of the thing and you yeah. to where you're going. Um, like I said, it, it's it's kind of short. There's like four main areas and a couple other things that happen. Um, it I don't know how to describe the room. I guess escape room is the is the the best way to say it. You'll see a thing, you fiddle with the thing, and it'll give you a little doodad, and you go to another thing, and uh, this isn't what that doodad's for, and you do this thing over here, and you escape room your way through the thing, and then creepy tentacles come out because that's the aesthetic the room has. <laughs> <laughs> the the room is the one where I believe the first one I played. There's like a weird puzzle cube you move around and then solve they are very fond of puzzle cubes and complex wooden structures that look kind of like cathedrals and physical clock gear work and sliding wooden panels and all these are a few of my favorite things (laughs) it's uh when you boot up the game it's it does a weird thing where it's like you need to have a room scale space to play this game mandatory huh and i'm like oh shit I just spent $30 on this game. <laughs> so I just lied to my PlayStation about how big my room yeah. was. It'll let me in. And then it's like, would you like to play seated or standing? 
What? What? My it, brother in Christ. My room scale. <laughs> my room scale sitting. Let's fucking. No, you do not need room scale to play this game. Great. If you take a step, even if you're fully within your set play area, it'll be like, please return to the play area. <laughs> why did they do that then? I have no fucking idea why this thing demands room scale, but it does not need it at all. In inverse news, I found out Firewall Ultra 2, which is coming out at the end of this month, which is like the high-end VR first-person shooter exclusive to PSVR 2, uh, apparently has some sort of pedigree with it, is not room scale. And I started to get like, oh, that's that's sad. I had really stupid ideas in mind of like putting yoga mats down and diving and, and then someone someone in the discord was like oh don't worry if it's anything like every other vr shooter you can still just go shittily prone to shoot over a curve <laughs> i'm like good that's important that's why i'm interested um but yeah that game uh because for people who don't know they explicitly list on the store what modes it expects of you mm. it says standard and seating and i'm like oh but yeah, apparently some movement will be fine. That's really bizarre to do the opposite, though. Yeah, be like, you need a whole room. Yeah. What are you doing? Stop moving. You need a room for this phone game. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it immediately won me back, though, because it, it, the game boots in and you're standing on a balcony overlooking like an 1800s London street. And you look down at your hands and you've got like tweed gloves on. And I'm like, oh, my God, I get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then you cough and you have black lung. <laughs> it does a lot of like the room does this a lot where um, it, its main gimmick is you've got a lens. So you pull up your inventory and you turn the lens on and oh, it reveals some shit or it activates some weird thing you can do. It does a lot of like, here's a puzzle box. Turn your lens on and then the aperture on the puzzle box becomes movement selectable and you teleport in and shrink down. And now you're standing on a thing in this giant room and oh that sounds awesome yeah in VR. no in vr it kicks ass like i was just i was in like a giant plywood box looking four stories down like holy shit i'm actually experiencing vertigo this is amazing <laughs> that actually sounds really great i wouldn't call it as puzzle games go uh-huh challenging yeah um there was like one or two places where i just went I'm out of items and I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. <laughs> That's how NES games were hard. It's got a really nice hint system on it though, where you like you pull up your inventory and you can pull a tab down to see the hint. Oh. And the hints are all like three layered. So it's like, maybe you should check this room. That's smart. Yeah. I really appreciate maybe that. Maybe you should look at this thing in this room. <laughs> Because, yeah, like, when games don't do that and they're this style of game, they're like, the the answer is a green object. And I'm like, I don't know what the puzzle is! I've run into that, so I always appreciate the three-tier hint system. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> always very smart. What's up? I was thinking of the, the God of War Ragnarok hint system of, you're in the puzzle room, I will now tell you the solution. It's like, well, calm down. <laughs> bro, I haven't even started the puzzle yet. <laughs> there's a puzzle in this room? Father, there's one of those things. You should hit it with your axe. Bitch, if you can see it, point at it. <laughs> 
Boy, I do not the, need the, to know the capital of Delaware. We have just entered the room. <laughs> the, the worst, the worst of that in God of War Ragnarok was all the times it would like, I like, bro, I'm solving the puzzle. I threw the axe slightly in the wrong place. I know what's going on. And it just immediately be like, oh, you need to do this and this and this. I'm doing it. I know. Yeah, no, it's seriously just like, oh, the axe will freeze. And I'm like, yeah, I know I just missed. Okay. Your father has shortcomings. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you had a really great time with that for $30. I did. It was it was a whole lot of fun. But I did spend less than half that amount of money. <laughs> you did. And got none of the joy. I got exercise, though, which is like kind of kind of like at a principal level, almost the opposite of joy. <laughs> you, you did get to find out about that band you didn't know about, though. That's, so true. that's something. Yeah. And then I forgot their name immediately, apparently, because I called them Blind Guardian and I would have been staring at Google going mirror, mirror, Blind Guardian. And it would have been like silent, dumbass. This is amazing. It is Blind Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got this is how my brain works, by the way. <laughs> Welcome to my world. You ever wonder why I don't say the names of things? Anyways. Did you have anything else you want to say about the room? Yeah, you mean the room VR? VR? A dark matter? A dark matter? <laughs> Not the movie? No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Um, I think that's... Yeah, that's it for the VR segment, I think. Now we can talk about normal things we play. Bob and I played Paper Mario for the first time in our fucking lives. Yeah. Mm. Man, worst That's soundtrack in video game history. Oh yeah, no, this is fucking yeah, uh, Mario's journey through a clown fart museum. Like I, <laughs> I was not prepared for it to be like that bad. I was like, no Mario game has a soundtrack this bad, right? Like, like guys, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm very seriously trying to reach out to you as a person, and I don't make this argument basically ever. But if you think that music is good, have you considered you just grew up with it? Like those are not good songs. It is kind of staggering. I think it's one of the worst soundtracks in Nintendo games. Yeah. And it's 25-ish hours long of these terrible carnival-sounding music. Like, I don't think any other game this month is going to have a soundtrack that bad. That'd be impressive if it did. I would be fucking floored. I mean, Mario and Luigi has, has Yoko Shimamura. Right. So you're safe there. <laughs> right. It has the and director I, I of Super Mario RPG and Yoko during the composition. Yeah. Thousand mm -hmm. Year Door having bad music. I can't imagine it having a soundtrack as poor as this. That's I, I only play. I, I replayed it like fairly recently too. Right. Um. But yeah, no. This isn't a. It doesn't measure up the Super Mario RPG because of course of. Of course it doesn't. Like that's one of the peaks of Yoko's career, and she is an incredible composer. Um, I just think this is a really bad soundtrack. But let's move on from that. <laughs> uh, I was surprised how cool the badge system in that game is, allowing you to like level up your capacity to equip badges, mm -hmm. which give you different advantages, such as um, having. How do I put this? There was it's such a myriad of effects from badges, it's hard to like quickly run through broad categorization. Yeah, they had a lot of cool stat effects. Something I didn't like about those badges was that they also dictated your moveset. Mm, yeah. I felt like at a certain point, it was like, well, I started this battle, but I didn't bring in the moves that make sense for this battle. So I, in the ideal world, I had a quick reset and I just restarted the whole from a save point because it's 
point was to play like that because mm. a lot of times you would just be like well mario is your only character like full character the other guys are all just like one dude with you can summon one at a time well, I mean, you're not summoning them. They come in with you, and you can swap them out for each other. And they do have moves. Yes, they do have moves. Like, I think your description there really undersells that. But, yeah, they, but they aren't fleshed out with equipment, a badge system, or anything else. They don't gain levels. Well, kind of? <laughs> you gain levels, so they get more powerful, it seems like. Well, you, you, you give them the jewel. You yes. give them the power-up jewel, and then they get more moves than other stuff. Uh -huh. So in a sense, they level up, but not in a normal way. But yeah, they, they have their own sets of moves and stuff, but Mario is the main guy, and mm. their moves kind of help him. Like, a lot of them are, like, boosts for him and things that go along with things he should be doing. It felt like... Some of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like half and half. Uh -huh. I mean, they have attacks. Yeah, they have attacks. Right. I'm not saying they don't, but I'm saying that their attacks are not going to be the major damage dealers compared to what Mario can do if you have the right moves to set load out. Sure. Um, so it felt frustrating for some battles to be so oriented to like, okay, I need to attack him this way. Like, he's only vulnerable to jumps. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't bring jump moves, mm -hmm. then I'm just you, kind of... Then you swap out for, uh, what was it, paracarry? And then mm -hmm. that's your anti-air? Mm -hmm. Until Bombat gets the ultima bomb and can blow up everything for a billion flower points right um but yeah i i was genuinely surprised that like the badge system was that flexible and that impactful on the combat system and how you're kidding out your character because we just came from final fantasy 16 and it feels like it's more impactful oh yeah than that but but here's the thing though like given that super paper mario is like the inevitable sad conclusion <laughs> or long-term <laughs> resolution of this franchise sort of it feels weird to come here and be like oh this isn't as watered down on a rpg site as i expected right it's watered yeah, down it, compared almost, to smart rpg but it's not like right fully gone mm -hmm. it's all rpg it's almost like there's a reason people were really fucking upset about the direction this franchise went and yeah real, real quick i need to explain to the listeners why people are mad at Super Mar uh, Super Paper Mario generally, you know, yeah. unless unless you're really long, young and got it when you were like six. You need to understand that from the Nintendo 64 to the Switch, four console generations, basically 20 years. Nintendo platforms didn't have RPGs. Not the consoles, the portables did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Xenoblade was. Yeah, and it, it, uh, it's like, it, yeah. like in 64, you had Paper Mario and Quest. GameCube, you had Paper Mario, Tales of Symphonia, and then you had some ports from the Dreamcast. You had like the Evolution games and Skies of Arcadia, both got GameCube ports. Um, and, there was also the, a Fire Emblem, yeah, Button Kaitos, yeah, Button Kaitos, yeah, which was made because they had so few. Then mm -hmm. the Wii. Yeah. Paper Mario's gone now. It became Super Paper Mario. Yeah. You had Xenoblade. Which was the, like the very end for America. It was the very end. You they didn't fucking localize the the Wii tra the Wii Tales game, Tales of Graces. They only localized the PS3 version of it. Uh and so you had like Xenoblade and Arc Rise Fantasia. Yeah, so, so Paper Mario was like what was it? And then Super Paper Mario came out. It is an entirely different game. Mm -hmm. 
it, that even aesthetically does not follow the Mario stuff. Like you don't have a bunch of unique looking characters. You have these weird characters just made of geometric shapes. This might seem really alien to a modern audience, but imagine you took a pretty good RPG franchise. <laughs> and you made it less of an RPG and there was a shift in gameplay that was off-putting to some that might uh, that might put that, that might upset people. Mm. Some people might be upset. And and then they tried to go back for the, the portable ones, and then Miyamoto's like, You're not allowed to have a story, and also you can't have RP actual RPG mechanics. <laughs> they give Miyamoto. So what is the point of this game? Let him loose in the office. <laughs> also, also, I'm sorry to Super Paper Mario fans because what I'm about to say, if they ever, if Dan and Bob ever do a stream goal, what my I, the sentence I'm about to say is about to increase that goal by three hundred dollars. Um, there's an entire enemy subclass in Super Paper Mario that is just a flying ass that farts on you. Oh no, that, that's that that's that's a whole enemy subtype. They just did that. <laughs> I see tons of people in chat listing all these RPGs on the Wii. Most of those were in the final year. I mean, the, the, a lot of also, it's like they're listing all these, and it's like three because uh -huh. they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. But yeah, it's not, it wasn't prevalent, and no. Nintendo didn't really make them all that much. Nintendo didn't make them. People hardly made real games for the Wii at all. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I'm true. sorry if you love last, The Last Story or the Wii version of Baroque. I'm sorry. Those don't compare to looking at the PS2 or, or, or the PS1 DS or the, or 3DS. the DS. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, PS, the PS1 is the all timer. It, it's pointless right. to compare. The Nintendo 64 just got beaten to death on the RPG front. That's like, true. Like 90% of the greatest RPGs ever made are on the PS1. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking earlier of how much I would have just hated Super Paper Mario. Sorry, Paper Mario original if mm. I played it in 2001 when yeah. it came out. Yeah, because yeah, like, I played it after around, Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> right. I played it around then and was like, "This is all right." And then I played Thousand Year Door when that came out at launch, and I was like, "This is much, much better." What will what exciting iterations will the future of this franchise <laughs> hold? And then they they smothered it to death. So th that's why people don't like Super Paper Mario. Maybe someday I'll go back to it and give it a fair view, where I'm not mad about what it isn't. Right, uh -huh. and that's. It's like you're but not that's a really to... difficult thing to separate from mm -hmm. like it's really hard in, to do in that in the moment at the release yeah and you're not wrong to feel that way that's the thing that shouldn't be complicated for people to understand it is perfectly normal to feel alienated or mildly betrayed by a thing that you like changing so drastically to be a completely different thing for a different sort of audience like you're trading what you are building up and what you are good at for something else entirely. And yeah, I actually do really want to play Super Paper Mario until you said that part about the flying asses. And now, <laughs> now I kind of don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's God. literally one of my, like, I hate it every time a cartoon's like, here's a fart joke. And I'm like, I, I would have been fine without that. Thank you. Yeah, maybe uh, I'll try it again one day. Cause I remember I gave it a shot when it came out. And then you were like, this ain't a fucking RPG. Yeah, I was Yo. blown away that it wasn't an RPG and it was a really bad platformer. Like, it didn't feel like a Mario game should at all. So it was like, right. what, yeah, is, it's, 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 what is this? It <laughs> like, it's not, it doesn't, it, it, you still platform pretty much like you do in Paper Mario. Like, your jump is better, mm -hmm. but you still, like, it feels like Paper Mario still. And, but what really killed it when I, because I bought it and I didn't even beat it. 
I've never beaten that game. I, I, I chopped out like chapter five. I think there's like seven. Because huh. it's just, there's no character designs I like. They went with this bizarre, okay, the characters are made of, of spheres and cubes and triangles. And I'm like, why? Why aren't these actual character, like actual character designs? Did I get that you wanted to do something different, but man, you sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's didn't weird. make anything memorable at all. Um, getting back to Paper Mario itself, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, I enjoyed my time with it, and I thought it was really cool. I think Bob's probably right. If I played it back in 2001, I wouldn't have been the biggest fan because the PS2 would have already been out for several months. Mm -hmm. The GameCube was coming out later that year, and I'm playing this weird... 2d game on my n64 that doesn't run great which is a little frustrating when there are timed hits and things yeah um and the story and music is so much lower than what i expect from an rpg especially back then coming off of like square enix games and stuff like they had amazing soundtracks during the ps1 era and some really great stories um so i don't know uh i I did not expect the story of this game to be like a weird recreation of the story of Super Mario RPG. Yeah, it is just really, really similar. Yeah, like there are times where it, it feels like it's trying to do something one to one, like you make the beanstalk. I'm like, what? And then it has the very end thing be the parade with Luigi leading it. Mm. And the whole thing's about the stars. Uh, the star road needing to be repaired just like right. mario rpg but instead of that being a cool mysterious thing it's these awful looking star designs <laughs> yeah because they take the blanket of a star and then just make a character on it by sort of like drawing accoutrement or whatever yeah. like, oh this has a mustache and this one's old and uh yeah it's a very interesting very bizarre thing um i wish the music and story was better is basically how i came out of that mm -hmm. um i also you didn't, I don't think you got this out on the stream, but I agree with you that the last dungeon is really underwhelming. Like, it feels weird that Bowser's Keep, which wasn't even the last dungeon of Mario RPG, um, felt like it had more ideas. Yeah, it was. it's so weird. I feel like the beginning and end of this game are the worst parts. And there's like two solid hours of just mid. And then, then the rest of the game is fine. Oh, yeah. No, it really picked up past the prologue. They, and... Um, they, yeah they really do keep you without the combat system for way too fucking long yeah that has guaranteed i'm never going to play that game because you know how yeah. mario super mario rpg has timed hits and things they just disable that for the first hour or so of this game and a bunch of other systems they're like no this is the dumbest rpg you've ever played and i'm like well dan don't. if you uh oh, no. if you play that hard mode mod they give <laughs> it to you instantly they also give you the thing that makes your spin faster and longer for free that that's just cost zero you can have it all the time Oh, cool. Uh, I will also say, if you like the badge system, definitely give Bug Fables a try, because it was made by Paper Mario Speedrunners, so they go really hard <laughs> on having weird badges. Good. <laughs> mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe I... maybe too hard on weird badges, because <laughs> sometimes you look at the, your badges and are like, can I have an up, can I have do more damage and not 
I, I don't want all my moves in this R turn-based RPG to have to look like I'm running my Magic the Gathering combo on. You. <laughs> <laughs> you got your sliver layout for your, for your fucking badges. Oh, but you see, if you have this badge that makes you always poisoned, and then this badge that makes you do more damage while you're poisoned, and then this badge that makes poison heal you, your dick is enormous. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Okay, I'd rather have a badge that made me do more damage and cost a bunch of points like Paper Mario won. <laughs> they need to do Bug Fables, parentheses, medicated edition, and it's just a much more normal, approachable badge system. <laughs> Without this unlockable crazy stuff. Um, when did Bug Fables come out? Uh, I've been it was wondering a while this. ago. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Um, I, I definitely got more, way 2019. more... 2019. Okay. I got way more interested in Bug Fables because of playing Paper Mario. I think there's, I think Thousand Year Door is probably going to be a really great game. Yeah, I'm really excited to try that. I, mm -hmm. I feel like one of the biggest things that's annoying in this is how hard the timed hits are because it's running poorly, and some of the some of the spacing on that stuff is just weird. Like his Mario does the, jump, and it's different for every character how high above him he goes before yeah, he hits them. Because mm. the enemies are different sizes, which means they're different amount vertically, and even though they're a 2D image, they have perspective sometimes, kind of. Mm -hmm. And so, like, sometimes you'll be bouncing directly on top of the head, and other times it'll be their eyebrow, and other times it'll be their nose, and there'll be various sizes, and yeah, I, it gets a little confusing. Little I remember confusing. that, like, the, the timed hits and defense being much easier in Thousand Year Door. Yeah, because hmm. this I found way harder than Mario RPG ever was. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit easier to time when you, your characters are only a few pixels tall. Right. Yes. And there's a locked perspective and everything. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for the rest of this month. I think these are going to be really great games. Like, I I'm really, really excited. Yeah, I want to know what Mario, Mario and Luigi is like. Yeah, same, because I haven't played one of those either. I, I think they do the craziest thing with Luigi in this game, where he's <laughs> there and just like, I'm not helping, brother. He's just hanging I, out at the house. <laughs> I, yeah, I gotta watch the house you're gonna, while you're gone. It's like, holy you're, shit. What? You're gonna, you're gonna love what Luigi does in, in Thousand Year Door. It's great. <laughs> they give him an incredible role. It's like they made him a villain in this one. <laughs> it's funny as shit, though. It's so funny because he, first off, he talks and Mario doesn't. Mm -hmm. And then he just says all this shit like that where he's just like, oh, yeah, you saved everyone. That's neat. You got a letter, by the way. Um, Continues to work on vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but yeah, coming straight from RPG is also frustrating to be like, man, are you sure to just make Bowser a normal, boring villain again? That yeah, sucks. That, that's, a, that's another reason why I'm really down on all the Paper Marios after Super, like Sticker Star and all those. is because they all just like, and he, even the Mario and Luigi's after the DS, all the 3DS ones, it's like, no, the villain's always Bowser. And and the Mario RPGs up until that point are like, no, these are where you go for the villain to not be Bowser and to be some wacky guy right. or some weird alien force. I mean, yeah, part of the reason people love Geno so much and Super Mario RPG is the cast of characters around the Mario characters are really bizarre and interesting. You know, the fact Geno is a star soul that has occupied a doll an action figure and the enemies are generals made out of weapons with name puns based on that. Some of which are localized. <laughs> well, but, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if another Koopa, what if the hammer brothers 
It's like, no, that doesn't, who cares? That's less exciting. Yeah. I, I like a lot of the art in Paper Mario, mm -hmm. though. Like, yeah. like the, like, like Bo. Yeah, Bo is great. Bo's so good. Like, I think all your party members are pretty good, except maybe, maybe the baby. <laughs> What's wrong with the baby? He's baby. <laughs> yeah. Bob, why is do you hate though? babies? <laughs> I, 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 I have all... I have always loved that that Bo does the Ojo laugh, but it's guahaha instead of oh ho ho. Which uh, when I read that text, I was like, oh my god, they properly transcribed a boo laugh into letters. Uh huh. I was like, that is how you would write that. Holy shit! Also, fantastic. She is doing the. Pa oh man, what a good Paper character. Mario also has the best boo designs with the big ass eyebrows and the yeah and the weird four teeth. Yeah, yeah, because they're built off of that, like, Yoshi's Island aesthetic, where it leans even more into, like, sketchy eyebrow territory and angry faces. I mean, that's where Blard comes from. Right. Like, the good the good design. And <laughs> so it makes sense to be like, yo, that looked great. What if that on the N64 and higher-end 2D stuff? And it's like, good, yes, thank you. So, so I missed your stream. Did chat direct you to the bonus boss? Nope. So in, in Paper Mario, if you try to go back to the Koopa Town. They told us that's where that they were like, this way lies ruin. And we're like, gotcha. There's, there's <laughs> just there like, is a there's, character who references that. Yeah. There's just like a 20 foot tall Koopa guy with like swirly glasses. Who's like, you're going to pay me or I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and he's fucking a beast. Uh, unless you have Sleep Stomp, which he is weak to, and you can repeatedly put him to sleep for the entire oh, battle. so that was why we got Sleep Stomp. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Mr. Shakedown? Is that his actual name, Chad? No, his name... That, that, okay. that Mr. Shakedown is what the guys who rob you okay. in Yakuza 0 is called. Okay. <laughs> I just... <laughs> That's just a dope name. It huh? is. I mean... It's... Uh, God, what is, what is his fucking name? Kent C. Koopa. That's his name. Yep. Simultaneously with that, Metal Paper Mario and Jack. Makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited, man. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm confident Thousand Year Door will be a way better game in every way. And, and, and th this is the craziest part about this theme month because I don't think it's ever happened before. This is a Mario RPG theme month. And for the third stream in a row, we're starting a new series? Because yeah. we did Super Mario RPG and then Paper Mario and now Mario and Luigi. Uh -huh. How does this keep happening? How did... No other franchise does that. They do sequels because they take medication. We should make a sequel to Super Mario RPG. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. new franchise with different gimmick? No, we, we should do a sequel to that one they liked so that they'll buy a new, new franchise with different gimmick. <laughs> And then, no, we burnt that bridge with Square Enix, so we have to. <laughs> yeah, they did it's... try. They did try to get Square Enix to make a sequel to Mario RPG too, and they were like, "We're making fucking Final Fantasy VII over here, bros." Yeah, like we're busy. Can you imagine though if they had brokered that deal, and Square Enix brought that seven energy into Super Mario RPG? Well, too? hopefully, once the remake sells fifteen million copies, uh -huh. and they're like, "Hey, Square Enix." Can you make us another one or possibly are already making one that will be out at the launch of a hardware platform? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the hope is that the Switch 2 will be one of the greatest libraries of games since 5th gen, <laughs> since 6th gen.
mm-hmm. because it won't be as high fidelity as the other two. And you can make a game that sort of runs well there that scales up to the other two. And Nintendo has been so unbelievably good at Switch titles. It, it's what I'm saying is I'm very excited for Astral Chain 2. They're going <laughs> to nail it this time, and you're all going to eat it. <laughs> it. It's reminding me of that situation the DS was in perfectly, of like, everyone yeah. else has moved on from 2D. Uh-huh. We just have here the best 2D platform you can have at the moment. Right. <laughs> they, get to, they get to do 8th Gen again, but they have more horsepower than the consoles had during 8th Gen. Mm. PS4 for anyone struggling and they have built-in hardware bespoke temporal aa those two things are such a massive advantage and there's a really good chance the cpus are more powerful because the the ps4 and xbox one had potato fucking cpus (laughs) um that it, it will just be something incredible hopefully very excited for tomorrow's stream Mm-hmm. of mario and luigi superstar saga on game boy advance yeah i've never played that like no. i've not played any games this month except super mario rpg same and <laughs> uh basically all i know about mario and luigi okay uh-huh. is that they have if i'm not mistaken a idol animation where they like do a little dance and i'm like that's that's uh, a good animation in, in the battles when you highlight like which one you're using and what move you're going to use like while you're going through the combat menu they're doing a dance to the music it's good it's good animation the That's first great. the first three of those are real good unfortunately the other two are on the ds so they're a nightmare for you to try to do any content about uh we did get we have a wii u i can't remember if i actually bought those before the store went down but there are means to figure that out uh, long term, if that's something we're interested in. But yeah, very excited. Uh, hey, Bob. Hey, what's up? What, what else did you play? Um, I played a new game that showed up on Steam this week. Yeah. What's well, called Pseudo Regalia? Oh. That um, Regalia Pseudo? <laughs> oh. That's cool. It's a weird 3D platformer Metroid style game. So there's like a, the whole thing is you're in this explorable castle. There's almost no story, um, but it's got a setup where it almost starts like Ico, where there's a bunch of hanging cages and then you just wake up as one of these creatures and you play as this, this furry lady with huge size. Ah, that's where I've seen this character design. I'm looking at the Steam page. I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. It, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's even an accessibility option to give her pants. <laughs> did, you, did you say accessibility yes it's under accessibilities yes, it, 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 <laughs> and it is the only accessibility option i'm pretty sure i'm pretty yeah. sure there's not anything else under there yeah um but this game has really cool movement like there's a ton of movement options so you get through it because it's a metroid style game so you're getting new new abilities all throughout to get you to form parts of the castle uh, you get like a ground slam where you jump up from it and you have a high jump off of that. And at the top of that high jump, you can also do like a backflip, which can totally break the game in a lot of places. So you're just meant to kind of use that to turn yourself around in midair and backflip onto a platform. You also get a slide and you can slide jump out of that to do like a long jump in a Mario 64 style. And it all combos together really well and feels good. And it's constantly introducing these new new abilities. The game is only like five or six hours long, but it's only six bucks. Mm. Um, 
there's a bunch of graphics settings that starts on like it wants to go it's going for a retro aesthetic and some of that's not great like here's your crt filter that's already on animations running at 20 frames per second and all this and lucky you turn all those off and just have a clean 1440p right. image <laughs> my god i super miss castlevania 64 <laughs> i want more games to look like it i uh, has a little bit of combat but that's really not the focus like you have a three hit combo and it's pretty simple the weird thing is hmm. the enemies are do damage when they touch you which typically you don't see in 3d games usually that's like okay they have to do some sort of attack so you really do need to keep yourself from like actually touching the enemies um and it has a heal mechanic where you you beat up dudes and you get a, you're charging a bar as the bar gets to a higher levels, you get higher attack power, but you can also spend it to heal. Which is a neat little, like, balancing act. The mm -hmm. funny part, though, when you heal, it makes the Taco Bell gong. Good. Yes. At least something very similar. It's, like, close enough to make me laugh every time. <laughs> it's got a race for the border. Yeah. I am digging this giant cross tonfa thing yes he has yeah, just a wielding. weird <clears throat> bizarre gigantic cross um there's only like one boss fight which like no, it's, it's, it's like, like five, five hour, hour game, game. Yeah. yeah it's 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 really just about exploring the environment there's no map which does get a little like i played it all in one setting and even not then i was like where was that because i got this new ability i'm like how do i get back there because i don't have any sort of map to guide me as to even how these areas connect because it's divided into like five different sub areas you know i was just trying to find a picture of the character and the artist is like like the developers like here's a picture of the model from three angles i'm like okay that'll that'll show off the tomfa and the character design and why pants as an accessibility option <laughs> yeah you, when you start the game she doesn't even have those greaves you get those later <laughs> So that's that's really what the title refers to, that she's not actually wearing clothes. Uh -huh. She has sort of a pseudo outfit. It's true. <laughs> you also find other outfits in the game. Like uh, I found a like assassin ninja style suit. And it's like, oh, she has pants. But then she shows her cleavage. She's got to drag the slider over. <laughs> right? yeah. It's like one or, or the other. Down. It is only one axis. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Um, but I, I really like this. Like it, it's really just the way they got the movement feeling is right. Like that, that really nailed that. And that's the only point it had. It felt like, right. Mm. And like, you can tell, like, I was just looking at you playing it. I haven't played it at all, but like, there's just a solid feel to it. And the environments look really cool and minimalist in a sort of N64 Castlevania 64 almost sort of way yeah it's uh you're playing on the 1080 ti mm -hmm. what resolution was that because you were basically locked 120 from what i said that was 1440 so so yeah it, it runs really well 1440 and i think it's on unreal 5 what weirdly enough what? right what? yeah i was trying to remember there was some unreal 5 game i played this week <laughs> and i was like it was that There's what <laughs> what pants can't contain all this nanite son <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> Maybe it was four, but that I, has, I, was I thought it's in nanite. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, no, that looked like my exact sort of jam. You said mm -hmm. it was six dollars. Yeah, six dollars. Why didn't you tell me that yesterday when I was looking at you play it? I don't know. God damn it, man! That's oh, your right, because I was game now. Because I was editing a gigantic fucking video, and <laughs> yes, 
It's been days of my life. Man, that's that's awesome though. Like I hope they bring that to more things. Yeah, hopefully they bring it over to stuff because it's I can't imagine it not running on things. <laughs> yeah, if 1080 Ti is running at 120 frames per second and 1440p, that, that means the PS5 version should be 4K 120 easily. <laughs> right. <laughs> With plenty of headroom. Yeah, I'm psyched for whatever else they go on to work on, because you can tell this is kind of like it feels like it was built to make this movement system. And I have to imagine they'll pull that into something else, like make a bigger game out of it. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Mm. Or more, more furry art. I'm not sure which. <laughs> yeah. So about the struggle of me finding a picture of the actual game, even on the developer's Twitter. It's just retweets for pages of like furry art. And I'm like, damn, the community res responded. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm trying to think if I had to mute their retweets because I found <laughs> out about this game months ago. I was like, oh, that movement looks really cool. I'm not sure about this character. Yeah, the, the character's <laughs> great. I don't know what you're talking about. Somebody in the chat was like, here's a direct quote from one of the top reviews. It made me a furry 10 out of 10. And I'm like, this is kind of like the opposite of how I felt about that drumming game and that one song where I'm like, I don't want to be into power metal. <laughs> <laughs> and also everything else going on here. Did you play anything else? I did. Uh, I got to play a little bit of Gravity Circuit. I bought that yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the, the Mega Man-like with a bunch of melee mechanics in it that came out a couple weeks ago. With the Game Boy Color aesthetic. With the Game Boy Color aesthetic. I saw, I saw you post, you, you can't trick me. I played Mega Man Maker for two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always walk to the left at the beginning of the level. You think you're clever? You don't know me! <laughs> you are absolutely not clever. Um, really weird thing. First robot master I go to is a music-based one. Okay. Their whole level has, like, speakers that, on at timing-wise, like, have attacks that go out of them and stuff like that, and they're environmental hazards. It is not synced up to the music at all, and that drove me crazy. Really? Yeah. Not even a little. I was wondering why that it was the most difficult level to me, and that has to be why. It's because it doesn't follow a sane pattern. So I'm like, but, but why? But why did I get hit? Mm. Yeah, and even the boss also does things that are very music related and shoot, shoots out a uh, like, uh, God, music waves, whatever sound waves, sound waves. <laughs> I, well, I, I when that sound is music, they're music waves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, then what's new wave? I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> <laughs> um, that also does not sync to the music at all, which is, it feels like a weird missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I was glad that I went to other levels and no longer was having that issue with the game. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, also, there are no lives in this game, so you can you know, just keep hammering into the, into the difficulty wall mm. and eventually succeed, which feels weird. Like, I want to, at some point, have to go back to the beginning of the level, just because it feels wrong to just be able to just be like, okay, I'm going to brute force through this stage. It's incredibly hard. Well, when you die, does it send you back at all? It sends you back, yeah. But they're generous they're checkpoints. checkpoints. Yeah. Okay. I actually, you know, what I found weirder than that is I saw your ass land on spikes, and it was like, okay, I'll take half your health and just put you on a safe platform. I'm like, that's generous? <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> weird. But that's not what spikes do in a video game. <laughs> They either I, do I, a little I, bit of damage or fucking kill me. 
I think there might be some difficulty mode that changes that kind of thing, but not. But oh, nowadays, okay. like if you have nowadays, if you have lives, like the game journalists show up at your house with fucking pitchforks. Yeah, but no one, no one cares about their opinions anymore. It it it, it, ma it matters if you're an indie dev. Mm. Um, other than that, it, it feels like there's a bunch of movement options you get that are completely optional and unrelated to the story. Um, like you can just there's literally a shop in town where you buy them, like the double jump and the thing where you have a grappling hook in this game. The grappling hook will pull you towards a dude if you get this uh, this add on. And I'm like, these are all cool, but I wish that they were integrated into the game so that they could be like level design ideas right. instead of just cool things Hidden I can do now. Secrets, yeah. The, yeah. the double jump is more a thing you get so you no longer have to engage with half the platforming because now you can fly. Uh -huh. Hmm. Um, Bob. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you've talked a lot about this game, but there's a really obvious thing. You, like the audience, when when you do a podcast, the audience tries to imagine the game you're talking about because they're busy, they're doing their jobs, they're on a jog. Our our fan base is definitely all into exercise. I know because the fit posting channel <laughs> on our fan Discord. And Bob, there's a detail you've yet to cover. What's that? Is the giant. Is the main character cheeked up furry? No, unfortunately. Okay, so it's nothing no. like the last game you talked about. Yeah, this is two-dimensional. Not cheeked no, up. No, no not cheeked a furry. Up, not a furry. Oh, man. Just a robot that's... man. I know. Why would you Why just make you a worse it? video game? Right? <laughs> <laughs> if I couldn't play every game right. as the main character's pseudo-regalia, I would, The, the Last of Us Part 2 would be better with a cheeked up furry main character. <laughs> I think people would have been more receptive than that. It's than fucked up that, that I, I believe that sentence. Yeah, no, yeah. it's true. No, like, holy shit. That's what that game needed. <laughs> the virus some... is mutated. <laughs> Just something to cause a mental schism in the players. So they spend the whole game going, what am I? <laughs> hmm. So is it going well? You like the music? Oh, uh, the music's been pretty good. Yeah. You know what comes out next week? What's that? It's fucking 30 XX. <laughs> good thing I God. bought it this week. 30 XX <laughs> is coming out like in a week, I swear I'm they said. So I'm so excited. Like, uh, it's, been, it's been forever. Yeah, because I, I was just like, I'm going to get this before Armored Core comes out. Because if, I, if right. I keep putting it off, it just won't happen this year. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. It was like... And so far, I'm like, this game is pretty good, but I don't know if it's going to crack my top 10 even. Mm. But I need to keep playing it. Weirdly enough, I might like Bat Boy more, but I haven't played the full game. I've mm. only played that demo. Okay. It's going to be really good when my top 10 is a bunch of VR games and some Mega Man likes and Resident Evil 4 remake. <laughs> and Armored Core. And Armored Core, of course. My God fucking return of the king moment <laughs> right like fucking unreal that we're getting that and it looks so good sorry i i try to not guess about armored core on content because it's gonna be funny it's, it's gonna be funny where it's like none of you guys put spider-man 2 on your top 10 i'm like <laughs> did you see this year <laughs> i expect spider-man 2 to crack my top 10 but <coughs> number I, I, nine i could also envision a world where it somehow doesn't i don't know and the only other thing i played this week was some final fantasy 12 which i keep playing but you know i, I don't need to talk about it on the podcast every week but this week 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about it because they had the most insanely annoying boss they could have made with their combat system. They know it. Ooh. It's five little dudes. They're like this tall. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm holding up about a foot in length and height. Sure. They're about. Yeah. They're like a foot tall. They run around in different directions and put you to sleep. And that's all they do. <laughs> So after I failed this miserably once, I was like, I'm going to town. I'm getting an entire set of equipment set that's all about not going to sleep. And you guys are going to be mulched. It's a fucking fucking scene from Fight Club where the guy's on the fucking porch or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to get a bigger stick to hit you with. (laughs) Like that is some shit I would do as a DM when I had nothing prepared. I'm like, I know it'll last three hours. Give me a leprechaun and four pixies, and we'll get this shit done. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do the fight without any of that gear. It's like, yeah, I sure I'm here for a solid hour in fast forward mode and can't get this fight to even end. They won't kill me. I can't oh. kill them. <laughs> oh, that's rough, man. Uh, shout out to the person in the uh, podcast Patreon Discord who let me know. You might remember, I think it was two weeks ago now. I brought up, maybe it was last week chests in ring fit that grow legs and run away which is just as annoying as what you've described they posted in there in spoiler text so that way i wouldn't spoil myself and i didn't want to but of course i clicked it immediately you can use the ring suction power to slow down it running away and i'm like oh "Oh, you have saved my life on this day yeah that shit was exhausting God. Yeah. So about <laughs> annoying shit in RPGs, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Motherfucker. <sighs> but uh that's it for that, you. That is it. I played Ring Fit. Hey. That game's really cool. Yeah, I need to I need to play it up again. It's been since launch. <laughs> I'm almost done with the first skill tree. That game is really fucking cool. Uh, I had <laughs> so all of those statements are separate and not related to this, but I have to tell the story on this podcast. I had the boss battle with the leg lady called Allegra, where you see she has strong leg power. And when you approach the boss battle, it's like she's just she's so much taller than you that your eye to cheek with her. And that's the way she's facing. So that's how the battle begins. And I'm like, she does work on those legs, though. She has very power. <laughs> then we started a foot beam battle. I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't know about <laughs> this the, boss anymore. She's got big. Are they as big as Suda Regalia's main character, though? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> but she is way taller, so it almost looks bigger because of. <laughs> Is she wearing non-pseudo clothes? Is there like an outfit? <laughs> she going has on real there? clothes, but barefoot is legal in Ring Fit Land. It, it's okay. The, the, by comparison to other people of her species in pseudo regalia, the other the guys are about this tall. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so maybe it is a very similar. <laughs> huh. Well then. Uh, yeah, that game's really funny. Um, it has lots of great gameplay. I really enjoy all the different systems they build in for like player agency and having an effect about how you're doing the battles between the smoothies and the skill tree and all these different moves being different 
exercises for you to do and also doing different amounts of damage to a differing number of enemies and me getting choices about what moves I go and get. And I'm, I'm not saying any of this to own any other game that may have come out in the last two months. This has just been a really fucking great time in a way where I thought I would burn out by now. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm almost frustrated that I can only do about an hour, an hour and 20. In fact, I went too hard on Ring Fit because I was having so much fun during the session I'm talking about literally right now where I fought Late Lady and did an entire world. I went too hard on that session and it was like 800, 900, 1,000 calories or something and I just yet again burned out. So the rest of the day I was just like, I don't want to fucking do anything. And it's like, Dan, you have to edit the three camera. I'm like, I'm going to edit your mom. <laughs> and so I'm melting. I... I feel really bad that when you said smoothies, I was like, is that a slur for something in that game? <laughs> oh, my God. You have single handedly ruined that universe. Rings just sitting there throwing out the word like it's nothing. <laughs> I, uh, I had a thought, though, in the middle of my way too long session of Ring Fit Adventures. Do you think Lazy Town exists in the world of Ring Fit Adventures? <laughs> I bet it does. It feels like something that would, right? I bet Lazy Town's somewhere out there. We just haven't gone there yet. Maybe in Ring Fit Adventure 2, they really should make another. This is like one of the best-selling RPGs ever made. Mm -hmm. They should absolutely make a second one for the Switch 2. That would be so good. Yeah, it feels weird because they did like a Wii Fit 2 sort of thing. It feel, it'd be feel weird if they didn't do a sequel to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I keep every time I play Ring Fit, I'm like, someday I'm gonna go play Wii Fit like for real for the first time, and I'm gonna be like, what a dog shit game in comparison. Oh yeah, Wii Fit's dog shit. Yeah, like, they're like, go on a walk. No, it's, don't it's don't don't, don't jump. Game. Don't jump. Just lift and lower your heels. That's how you go on a walk. I I, I would honestly say Wii Fit is barely a game. Oh yeah, for sure. But. An important moment in setting up for the creation of this game, which is actually a really great RPG, bizarrely enough. Uh, also, you know, I kept the uh, the class of armor on that gave me an attack buff all the way until I started unlocking. I believe it was called the gold skeleton armor set and the flavor text for that. Is so fucking awesome. And it's like everything else burns away except for what is true strength inside of you. And I'm like, oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. I want to be dressed from head to toe <laughs> as a fucking golden skeleton. It's rules. It's like some destiny flavor text. It, there. it really was. I was like, yo, these are great stats and that flavor text is incredible. Let's go. Anyways, that's it. That ring fit and VR segment over. You could go over to your dad's house now. You play anything else aggro? Uh, I mean, I played a little more humanity. I played a little more bolt gun. Um, cool. I did pick up the demo for Sea of Stars on PlayStation. Ooh, I didn't realize that. Was yeah, yes. the, it's the same one they released a few months ago, but now it's just everybody can download it again. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Played that whole demo, and I'm still not sure about that game. Mm. Like, it sure is quirky. <laughs> <laughs> you made me realize something. Mm. If you, uh, I can append it to the end, though, if you had an immediate thought to go into. No, go, go for it. So we have some upscaler, pixel upscaler news this week. Um, for people who don't know, uh, Steve Stars, 
it's trying to be a Chrono Trigger like, mm -hmm. and it has the skinnier character sprites. I'm gonna fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fucking scale that thing like it's a SNES game and be like, "This is how you actually would look." Get that, you little shit. Get that PSP Valkyrie profile <laughs> yeah! going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna mm. squeeze the top and bottom, make it Academy aspect ratio, and then it will be properly <laughs> wide. And I'll be like, "This is what it would look like, you little shit." Oh because man, I, I yeah. just, I just. I just realized Sea of Stars comes out, I think, the exact same day as Armored Core. Oh it's God. coming at it us is. fast. And yeah, I'm pretty sure the date it comes out starts with a two. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. The 29th. So okay. I think it's actually so it's after, after Armored Core. Obviously, it's burnt through Armored Core in four days and then be ready to see Sea of Stars. <laughs> you know, maybe it makes sense that they took all those subscription service deals if it's like, yeah, we're coming out between out Armored Core and Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man's in October. It's it's oh. Armored Core and Starfield. Mm. <sighs> Armored Core is gonna be so good, and it's gonna have online multiplayer. That's gonna be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. Kid, kid me never could have imagined playing the PS2 Armored Core games the day where Armored Core gets an insane budget. <laughs> like, fuck, man. Multiplayer will be real good because it's like here's our two here's the two competently made armored cores and then there's gun for hands Jimmy <laughs> he just put as many guns as he could on his armored core and it still moved yeah I call this mech legs and missiles <laughs> <laughs> missiles out the front missiles out the shoulders <laughs> missiles out of the head <laughs> I mean, you you can you have a decoy system oh I guess I'm dead. <laughs> Now just shoot one missile at a time, right? <laughs> just keep doing that to get him to waste his decoys. He can't have infinite decoys. <laughs> he, can, he can try to have a laser protection system, but then you're just going to spam enough at, at one time where that will not keep up. This is what I'm hearing. Like, oh, I have a problem. Have you tried more missiles? <laughs> Maybe you should do some research into more missiles. Do your own research. Teach the controversy. <laughs> hey, Chris! What you been playing? Uh, so I streamed Battlefield Hardline on Saturday. <laughs> War Cops! <laughs> no, not War Cops. Oh. No? Surprisingly, you do very little War Copping in the War Cops game. Hmm. Uh, so the fir roughly the first third of that game, you are a cop. That's it. And then you stop being a cop and it becomes a heist game. Because you get you get framed by your superior. So then the okay. second two thirds of the game is about getting revenge. Revenge. God. So oh God. even these guys couldn't make being a cop be cool for a whole game. Yeah, no. the, and the first the first the chunk of the game where you're a cop is just the worst part of the game. <laughs> you regularly have to come home and hear your wife talk about your tiny penis. Uh so this game even kind of fails at being copaganda. I'll get into that more later, but it doesn't even succeed there. But the, the thing is, you're a tough cop on the streets of Miami. We didn't have very much time to make a very long campaign, so we have to pretend this is a stealth game. 
Uh, so this has a lot of really funny, terrible seventh gen things, despite being an eighth gen game technically, because it came out in 2015. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, in non-lethally incapacitating someone, be it video game punch to the back of the head that perfectly knocks someone out every time, or by arresting them, which you do by flashing your badge and they freeze up and you have to train your gun on them until they drop their gun and then you can arrest them. Those give you points. And those points level up your cop level. And when you level up your cop level, it gives you new guns for the armory that you're not supposed to use because killing guys <laughs> gives you no points. That doesn't... What? <sighs> so it's like, you 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 flawlessly arrested all these guys. You're now cop level six. You have Dirty Harry's gun now. Anytime you you're ready that. to go on a massacre. <laughs> uh, which I eventually did at some point. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing the stealth shit anymore. We're going to the dark side. So, Chris, how did the massacre feel? <laughs> uh, I don't think I like these kind of games. Okay. I just, it's just like, man, uh, I have to care about things like gun handling and accuracy and not getting shot, which are not things that I am eager to care about in my first person shooters. I really need that doom thing where it's like, no, the, no, the bullets go exactly where I'm pointing every time. Like that, that's right. how video Hit games are supposed to work. Mm -hmm. So you, you do some really fucking dull shit. It's like, Oh, go out and drive a hover boat around the fucking swamps. Go do some stealth segments to find it. Oh, you're framed. And now you're in prison for three years. There's a time skip. And you get broken out of prison by one of the people who helped frame you because then she was set up by the actual leader. <laughs> so it's like, I need you to help me get revenge on him, even though I know I fucked you over too, but then he <laughs> fucked me over. So we're on the same team now. So it becomes like a weird heist game in San Francisco for a while, not San Francisco in LA for a little while. You know what's a terrible character archetype? What? The black nerd. <laughs> you sure have got off on the black nerd a lot. Do you just not like the IT crowd? <laughs> uh, so this game has a black nerd character that's really bad. What other what other terrible black nerd characters in games can you guys think of? There's Dell and in Gears of War and there's Eli and the New Saints Row. It'd sure be terrible if all three characters I just mentioned had the same voice actor. Oh, come on. <laughs> really? It'd sure be terrible if all three of them were the exact same voice actor playing the exact same character. I mean... <laughs> it's also really strange because I, I feel like for a, either they modeled it this way or actually got the, them as a, as a face model. The black nerd character in this looks like the black guy from Psych. If you've ever seen that show where the guy pretends to be a psychic detective because his dad was abusive and made him incredibly observant. Yeah, they that's the conceit that every of... time they promoted it on TV. Don't you remember the commercials? He pretends to be psychic because his dad beat him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how it feels. It's like his dad literally groomed him to be like some Sherlockian mastermind who can notice anything. And he, he uses that skill to pretend to be a psychic to solve cases. And the black psychic character looks like the, the black nerd in this game, but I don't believe that it, it's not the same voice actor. 
I don't know if it's the same voice model or they're just like, I like that show. I'm going to make it look like him. It's been forever since I watched Psych. That's probably for the best. <laughs> so you have to go break into the, ba- the bad guy's vault in his, his penthouse. To do that, you need a safe cracking machine. And the safe cracking machine is with a white supremacist militia. Okay. And it really reminded me of Days Gone. <laughs> because you hear his radio broadcast as he's doing it. And it's so, it's so close that it made me think of Days Gone. Man, these scars run deep. <laughs> Holy shit, we're never oh, yeah. getting past this. Yeah, we're never escaping Days Gone. Like I that that was I played that game twice, remember? I'm the only person who played it to completion twice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's in there forever. <laughs> um despite no longer being a cop one third of the way through the game, you can still use your cop detective vision app on your phone. Which is a thing you have that lets you tag guys or identify when there's special arrests that you you can still arrest people too. You can still flash your badge and arrest them. And you still get rewards. Your cop level still goes up for doing it. What? It's a which, citizen's which reaches, arrest. Which reaches the peak of insanity in the last couple missions where you are arresting PMC guys guarding a building. What? Because they do that thing where it's like, we can't actually have the villains be cops. We can't actually do that. Of we course. have to say the co- the corrupt police official who framed you in the three years you were in prison quit and founded a private security company what? that is the middleman between cops and drug dealers. Yeah, that's kind of that kind of makes me think about the ending of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 2022, mm. where it's just like, well, it's not. Don't worry, it's not the U.S. military. It's yes. like some rogue general got a PMC to occupy yeah, this. Building, yeah, it's, if it's, I remember it's like it's like that. It's like um, in Watch Dogs Legion, where it's like, no, the the people who have London in a fascistic state of military occupation aren't the British military. They're a weird security firm they hired because it would be too radical to actually just make it the government. Yeah, yeah. So they do that. And boy, it's not the worst thing I've ever played. In fact, I would say the, the last Tomb Raider game is worse. Hmm. <laughs> and, and there's not, like I said, there's not even really co- any propaganda besides the, the, like, the pathetic attempt to be like, no, I'm a real cop because I want to help people as I murder all these people who are in my way because this is a first person shooter. <laughs> yes. You could take him out non-lethally if you cared to do that. And I'm like, no, you made it wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) We we implemented a moral choice system where you could do the right thing or the game could be fun. Um, (laughs) Let me think about this. Man, that really was like the, the 2011 to like 2016 fad. Yeah, Dishonored sure is a franchise. (laughs) (laughs) But... Uh, the fucking, the fucking militia segment, which, like, they have helicopters and tanks, because they, because it's a battlefield game, they gotta get vehicles in there. Right, yeah, of course, that's their identity. 
So you're just having a tank battle with this insane schlubby white dude with a fucking bucket hat, which, by the way, very funny that everybody in his militia just looks like a divorced guy. <laughs> Sounds like a white supremacist militia to me. <laughs> and, and then you get this unbelievably fucking terrible ending where you go kill you kill a bunch of guys on the, the villain's private island you get up to his office he tries to monologue about how you're not so different you and him <laughs> it, and, do you, and you like, have a private island i need some context <laughs> he's like we're not so different uh why don't you become my second in command and help me merge crime and law so people can get <laughs> His whole plan is like, well, no, we're we're making things safer because people want drugs, so so it just makes sense for us to side to to, to to merge with the drug cartels and control police and drug distribution. I, Does I, he know the CIA already exists? Right, like <laughs> I don't. Literally anything but to point at the government and go, guess yeah, what? I thought of this great new thing. It's called the modern state. Wow, that's gonna be <laughs> like oh, people's come on, minds. It'll, it'll be better. It'll be better. Better for everyone. Main character, like the cops won't get shot trying to do drug busts, and drug dealers will be left alone and not get sh not shoot at each other. We'll keep them all in line because it'll be safe and profitable, and everybody will everybody will be fine. And th and then you sh you're just like then you shoot him to death. <laughs> <laughs> and then. You read the letter he was writing when you broke into his office, which is a letter to you because he knew you were going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Did he leave an audio recording as well? Hey, I know you read the note, but I'm just going to say it here anyway. And then as you're reading the note, which is just what I reiterated, where it's like, you got to understand, we have to merge the crime and law. They have to become the same thing. <laughs> I admitted this great thing called the narco state. <laughs> which the CIA has been running in South America for 70 years. <laughs> so you go down to his private vault where, and he has like billions of dollars. There's like pallets of gold bricks in this, in this fucking vault and like millions and millions of dollars. And he's like, and then the letter ends with like, I'm leaving it all to you, main character. What will you do with it? What, what the fuck? <laughs> And then the, the fucking credits roll. By the way, this game fucking this fuck game fucking hates streamers because it opens with a licensed song and just randomly sprinkles them in through the game. Oh my god! I, I'm just losing it. You know how we keep saying Silicon Valley companies just keep reinventing something that's existed forever? <laughs> it's literally that, but for the CIA. <laughs> Jesus, his armies, what is his closest confidants are just venture capitalists. Yeah, there's there's also a um there's like a there's like a Californian drug lord who's like in one scene and you rob him and he's like I'm never gonna stop coming for you I'm gonna find you no matter where you go I'm gonna kill. and then he leaves the story forever. <laughs> we need to we need to merge to the police and make the drugs legal. Yeah, I've never heard of any European country. <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> Yeah, see, they do have some lines about how weed e legalization is imminent, so they don't care about that. But then it's like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, 
make all coke dealership and meth dealership and all that. We're going to merge it with the police. So the police, my company is the middleman between the police and the cartels and will decide on territory and where cops go. So they're conveniently never in the right place. We'll make so it all safe. So this game gave you a lot to think about, Chris. <laughs> no. In fact, uh, as soon as I'm done talk talking about this game within the next couple sentences, I'm not going to re retain a single aspect of it. I will. I, it will be like it never existed. Yeah. Thinking is not the word I would use. So, so you wouldn't say it's a high point for Amy Hennig's career? I don't think she was involved with this. I looked real hard. Okay. You sure? Because I think every credit has her writing this. I think every site did. Maybe she got removed? Maybe. She's not in the writing credits on Wikipedia. Okay. Now I have to Google it and see if something fucking Yeah, because like, as far as I knew, that was her entry point to EA to start working on. 1313? Is that the... <laughs> Yeah, that's the canceled this one. Poor maybe, cursed woman. <laughs> maybe she left during its development and they had to take her, like they took her out of the credits. It's on her fucking Wikipedia page, so she must have written some aspect of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna pretend, I'm gonna assume she wrote all the parts that weren't terrible, because there is stuff in the heist segment, which is like, oh, this is, if this had been like a heist game, it would have been cool. I, I kind of like some of these characters. I'm seeing multiple people say one of the main writers with Tom Bissell, same writer for Gears 4 and 5. I'm oh, never, yeah. I'm oh, never, and the, and, never coming near this game. And and, the, and yeah, and again, like I said, the black nerd character is right. Dell in Gears 4 and 5. Oh. <laughs> well, imagine what game next. You'll you'll be like, you know I'm going to stream this and Dell appears. You know what? It has the fucking Gears 4, Gears 5, the storm is coming, run to shelter segment, except you're in a hurricane in Florida. It has that exact set piece. Why? <laughs> because they decided that they needed to have that as a set piece. And I guess Tom Bissell's like, this is the greatest set piece ever. I'm going <laughs> to include this in every fucking game I make. <laughs> I bet Armia 2 did it better. Yeah, I was like, some game must have done this during 7th gen, but really well, and people liked it. And then 8th gen was everyone I'll go like rushing it like the burly brawl scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, did you play anything else or have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, I'm playing through Final Fantasy VI because I now feel like I have to play like most of the entire franchise again. Of course. Just to, get modern, uh, just to get like a modern eye for a lot of these games I haven't played in 20 plus years. Modern eye for the square guy. Boy, uh... Good about that. Oh, I feel Final great. Fantasy. <laughs> Final Fantasy 6 sure is a fucking game that couldn't do much because of the Super Nintendo. You just go through and like, wow, all these towns look exactly the same because they didn't have enough card space to have different looking towns. Well, let me tell you. They can sure fit two whole worlds in the game. <laughs> sure. Two worlds that are half the length of a normal Final Fantasy game. I don't really buy the argument that they just made a second half of the game. I think that's a great marketing thing they it wanted to say at some point. It sure and it's is. It's probably closer to they split. They, maybe they could make like 20% more content. They're like, we can restructure this story a little bit and put some stuff that was going to be in the first half in that second half. Mm-hmm. Like not because you get to because <laughs> you get to the point pretty fast where 
you know, you're up like if the game was actually supposed to end where you just go up to the floating continent and fight and fight Kefka and then that's the end of the game. Mm-hmm. That would not be a very large Final Fantasy game. No. Also, Final Fantasy VI doesn't really have a story so much as the idea of a story. It has a cool world. It does. It sure has way too many fucking characters, probably. Has 14 playable characters. Yeah, frankly, yeah. that was that was the number one thing I came away from that and a little bit of four with, where I was just like, man, RPGs with a fucking shitload of characters are crazy. I well, it, played in, these in, other ones and I'm stuck with the same two guys for the whole thing. In in four, they they completely regulate your party. Like there's never they any do. point where you get to swap people out. And right. this is just like, no, you have fucking 14 guys. Right. You have access to all of them take. at once. And you have to have them learn spells individually, because that's mm-hmm. how it works in, in Final Fantasy VI. Uh that game sure has great music. Yeah, it does. Visually also really good in a lot of ways. Yes, it's very impressive. Um it uh so I'm not surprised Kingdom Hearts became a thing because there's multiple points in this game where it's like we're we're gonna do a Disney Disney animated movie musical number. Oh yeah. Like, like the, the opera like there's house. the opera scene, but there's also a scene in one of Tara's flashbacks where her two parents, the human and the esper, are like flying through space spinning around each other. Mm-hmm. It just feels like um a whole new world like it just has that energy exactly and this game is so much like final fantasy 7 i honestly think a lot of final fantasy 7 was them going let's do that again but not on the super nintendo yeah, yeah I there's mean, definitely that feel to, to six and seven. That, that's why I thought it was really fucking bizarre. I saw someone on Twitter around the time 16 came out and they were like, yeah, I was shitty back in the day. And I told people not to play seven because it was nothing like the older Final Fantasies. And I'm like, that's insane. Six is so similar to seven. Seven just yeah. has cut scenes and it's 3D. Mm-hmm. I've, been, <laughs> I've been thinking, I've been thinking like there's that and it is a marketing plot. It is a marketing point that that Square Enix trots out where it's like, every Final Fantasy is different. There's no set thing to a Final Fantasy. And I'm just like, yeah, but you can see a really clear progression of 6, 7, 8, 10, 13, 7 remake. Because those those are mostly the same people. Mm-hmm. May, I, I understand that you don't want the answer to be Final Fantasy is really good because for a brief period it was made by an unbelievably talented team of people back when game staffs could be small enough that their influence could be clearly felt. <laughs> could you imagine that press cycle? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah, there's... Yeah. But there's even like musical similarities. I'm like, this is... There's there's points where a song plays and I'm like, this is just fucking Eris theme. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Like it's on the Super Nintendo. I'm like, oh, this is just, this is just the Nibelheim theme. But yeah, it's it on just, Super Nintendo. It's almost like the same composer wanted to do those things, but have CD audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you even get that between 7 and 8 someone, where it's oh, yeah. a different take on the same thing. Like, you listen to those battle themes, and it literally sounds like an A, an a side album, B side album version of a song, and it's really, really cool. Um, I always thought that was really neat. I, I grew up with the games, and it was so cool to see this evolution of these different takes on the same thing, because even though 6 and 7 are so similar in ideas, tones, technologies, etc., they are really different. Mm-hmm. And so it feels completely fresh. Yeah. 
Ultros is a funnier character than we've ever had before. He yes. fucking is. I laughed so I, hard when he showed up in King's Glaive. <laughs> I I always I was always under the impression as a child, maybe and maybe the the Super Nintendo script because this is a different script than Super Nintendo script. Maybe the Super Nintendo script adds him working for the Empire, and but he doesn't. He's not working for the fucking Empire. He's just some guy who hates you. Because yeah. you were going down his river and kicked his ass. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? And in all his subsequent appearances, he's almost like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force character. Yes. Yeah. Like when, like at the opera, he's like, "I brought this weight to drop on you and ruin the show." Oh, it's too heavy. I have to slam into it for five minutes to get it off this ledge. <laughs> yeah. And then the timer prison. You, I just hear Master Shake's voice coming out. <laughs> That'd be perfect casting. And then he shows up to fight you later when you have Realm, and Realm is just like, let me draw you or I'll kill myself, while staring him dead in the face. <laughs> and then, then, he, then, then she, she draws him, and he realizes he's an octopus and runs away crying. Yeah. Ultros is great. I love that, man. Yeah, Ultros is man, probably one of the reasons I'm like, oh, yeah, Six is probably one of my favorite Final Fantasies ever. Yeah. Man, some characters sure got the shaft on every character has a unique ability. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, Celeste, Celeste. She sure, she sure has a terrible ability, which is runic, where she'll absorb one spell. Except, even if you select it every time, there's still gaps between you selecting it and her doing it, where she is not in the runic state. So the boss fights where you you have to runic or die, sure become a dice roll. Mm. and it's like okay you can do runic sabin over there can do a trillion damage to every enemy every turn it's yeah. not fair to compare people to sabin no i do that in the mirror every day and cry right <laughs> and i'm like okay but 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 tara can turn into a super caster Edgar has a chainsaw that can instantly kill enemies yes. and a bow gun that can carry you through the entire first half of the game, rinsing whole encounters. <laughs> fucking Edgar is uh, just like, I came here from a fucking saga game. Here yes. you go, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like all the weird accessories in Final Fantasy VI because there's tons. There's like, here's boots that give you jump. Yeah. No, and they're so fucking cool. Like, it, it sounds dumb, but the Genji gloves. The, yeah, the Genji gloves are cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's I want to select everybody knows. Give... Just keep going. <laughs> or, yeah, there's also the Master Scroll, which gives you four attacks. Mm -hmm. Oh, now yeah. they Now, they yeah. do less damage, so what you want to do is you want to give uh, Setzer them, because his, his best weapon, the Danger Dice... Mm -hmm. aren't affected by the damage reduction so he just attacks four times and blows through their dick off <laughs> robocop music starts playing <laughs> or you want to and you want to give you want to give lock the genji glove and then the thing that turns steel into mug because that gives him two chances to steal and also mug can't miss the way a normal attack can mm. huh i don't know neat and on the jump thing, there's a there's an accessory that lets you jump, and then there's an accessory that goes uh, jump hits two to four times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that shit's hilarious. <laughs> so I, I'm at the floating continent right now. I'm very excited to get into the second half of the game, where just where you can start doing Mickey shit, and it's just like 
Okay, every character has some fucking bizarre min-max setup. Time to die. Uh, sadly, the Pixel remasters don't have any of the bonus content from the other versions, but that's fine with me because all that content's bad. Bonus content for the other versions? I actually am unaware for six. Uh, um, like all those, whenever they would do like a DS or Game Boy Advance or iOS re-release, they'd add like another dungeon and optional bosses, and they're always fucking terrible. Hmm. I, I yeah, I didn't yeah. realize with six. Yeah. I think the DS version of Chrono Trigger also has some fucking unique thing that is also really bad. In I, general, I've heard of that one, yeah. In general, when they add content in a port of a game, it's not very good. Like when they add content in a port ten years later, yeah. like by different people. Uh huh. Which even affected those Baldur's Gate enhanced editions they did a while back where it's like, we're the team who ported it. We're, we added a whole new fucking zone and everybody's like, uh, that's the worst part of the game now. <laughs> Congratulations. What yeah. was, what's that Final Fantasy 4 like sequel story? The after story? The after story. Yeah. The after years. <laughs> after, after years. years. Sorry. So, someday I have to play that. I have to fucking know what's in that. <laughs> I'm playing theatrism and what was it? I'm trying to remember but uh, Spiff was just like, yeah, uh, Edge is the main character in Fall Fantasy IV. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about in the after years? And I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. I don't even know he was lying, I bet. I do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, anyway. Because I just have to, I have to know, one, what they wrote, because it must be insane. And two, how bad is it on a mechanical level? Because I bet it's trash. Oh yeah, I think he maybe was. He said it was Kane, not Edge. Yeah, but probably. No, I yeah. think it's Edge. What? In I think, Edge is the, I think Edge. Yeah, I think so. Look, I'm just thinking about Edge because, like, uh, their their mechanics and theatrism to be like, please help me avoid every hit I should be taking because I suck. <laughs> <laughs> and you just stack all those abilities. You get like 16 hits scot free. Yeah, I thought that the main Although, character in that was supposed to be like this the child of Cecil. Yeah, I think it's Cecil's son, but I think, yeah. like, Edge is, like, the, the mentor character. Mm. Like, he's the one of the old party you get back. Yeah, there's a lot of really <laughs> at least, cool at least he's At least he's not a cuck like Kane. <laughs> I think yeah, Kane I, I, might have been the first cuck in media I ever got exposed to. <laughs> that makes sense. And it's so obvious so fast. And you're like, why is that guy like that? <laughs> but yeah, th th that game, that, that, that has a fucking 62 on Metacritic. So I'm sure it's not very good. No, I, a long time viewer and mod of the channel will never stop yelling about the after years. Uh, but those are the only things I played. Oh, okay. I don't know what happens now. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's right. The Podlords. Oh, fuck. The, the Podlord music broke this week. We're doing this other. Podlord. Yes, that's right.
the Podlords. Podlords such as BN12, Ely Broyles, Bountiful blessings to you all. Uh, Thanks, Jan. And also with you. <laughs> Red Blaze 27. Suzu Shiro. Hell yeah. I love shoes, gay. I'm a guy. <laughs> That's my, my favorite. Oh my god. That's my favorite Bleach character, too. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> 101 Shades of No Longer On Vacation Remastered. Oh. Unfortunate. Yeah. WTF, Spider-Man. Forget to add this picture last week. A, be a beaver swimming up a Canadian highway. That's just the color brown, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I. <laughs> I... Shout, sh shout out to Justin Trudeau getting divorced. <laughs> like literally or metaphorically? No, literally. Oh. Taco Cat spelled backwards is Taco Cat. There it is. It's true. Huh. DFW3K. Muckbun. Gene Karya in his jean suit or Ajaria in his jute, if you will. I really do want Gene Karya's shirt, so if you, you ever find a place selling that, send me a DM with the word in it. Kristen. Three and a half minutes of unskippable juice of frost. <laughs> It's so threatening. <laughs> Kyle Bjork. Brain fried due to allergies. Estonian children educator bear person. You can see that image last week. Monster Hunter Ryzen and Raiden. Enjoy these dog girls. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> I assume those are VTubers. Yup, new Hololive gen. Ha, check out this guy with this stupid tuning fork. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Gene Kari. <laughs> no, Gene Kari was around way longer than this guy will be. That's true. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the Ochi presents you with Pikmin. Do you accept? Drive typecasts. R.I.P. Wee Herman. Oh, so sad, but so funny. Yeah, that really is sad. Scrunt. No, God, it's too detailed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really is terrifying. <sighs> A raccoon getting pissed off at Elon and his BS. Hard not to be. Shinji16 would like to remind you that you matter, you are valid, and you deserve to be happy, since that's the plan. God no. damn it. Uh -huh. 
I was like, oh, this is Shinji's usual. Wait a minute, there's an image. Done this. <laughs> Lock the chest has no bits. So here's Rudy. Oh, Rudy, hi, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy. Rudy! <laughs> the Superman. I'd like to give a war. I'd like to give a warm Soul Society welcome to our new third division captain, <laughs> K Kamagai. Uh, I know this is our fault, but you people have a problem. <laughs> this would have been better. <laughs> that would yeah. have been pretty great. <laughs> the filler would be fine if every arc was just. No, no, this is just the filler villain. He comes back in every filler arc. Right. You thought he died? What are you stupid? <laughs> that was filler. It didn't count. <laughs> Sarlene. After bouncing off of it 15 years ago, Timothy Fister decided to give God Hand another try, and it finally makes sense. Capcom, please just, you, you don't have to have any bells or whistles. Just it runs at 60 and is upscaled. That's all you need. Just put God yeah. hand on everything. Yeah, this yeah. isn't, there's, the bar's never been lower. Just pour it. In fact, I think giving a port of God hand any bells and whistles would be tragedy, travesty, uh -huh. removing mm. soul. Bearded Joe, Cleochrome, Krungle Spum. Beat Pikmin 4, and this image has been stuck in my head ever since. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Evil baby. <laughs> isn't that the isn't that the Paper Mario character? <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. Unconfirmed. This pod lord supports our cat boys who protect and serve the thin purple line every day. It's blue. It's a shade of blue. It's important to me that you know it's a shade of blue. Please, chat. It's blurple. Thank you. I think the official the shade is blueberry. Oh. Like the overnight oats I keep cramming down my throat. We at Bandai believe that all love is valid unless it's no longer profitable. Then it's up for interpretation. Keep buying Gunpla! I don't even think it has anything to do with profitability. I think it has to do with the people in charge of these companies are 80. Yeah. Yup. That's it. <laughs> Noodle. Bear pounding cannibal. There are no hyphens, so this is really up to interpretation. <laughs> Bandai Namco believes that this is up to interpretation. Sakura <laughs> trip for anyone curious, by the way. And dog. Ah, dog. Ah. A cutie. Thank you very much to our dog lords. Thank you, dog lord. Thank you, dog lord. And as always, if you'd like to become a dog lord, you can go up to your local pound or humane society and adopt a pound puppy today. They need your help because we live in a travesty of a nation where we put them down after like four days. Uh, but if you'd like to become a pod lord, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gbpodcast. For as little as $5 a month, you get access to many benefits, such as early access to Chugging Bleach and Pokemon Go to the Movies, our two anime review podcasts. You also get cut and extended content from other shows we do, a patron-exclusive show every other month, 
And you also get lots and lots of commentary tracks for horrible things you don't want to watch, like uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. And unfortunately, thanks to the writer's strike, soon to be Wolverine Origins. Yeah, fuck yes. motherfuckers. Pay them! <laughs> Save us and pay them! Uh, you also get a movie, Isolation 119, a movie about a man going on a trip to Thailand to solve the injuring of his brother, but instead he just gets drunk in a chair and gets into fights <laughs> with the locals. It's just uh, like Microsoft me, Sam is a... Microsoft Sam is, I think, the second most featured actor in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it's really obviously why this man, why the main character is deranged, because you see him have a League of Legends mouse pad at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and his Mac uh, stopped working, so, you know, that pushed him over the edge. That's a, that is patreon.com slash GB podcast. And if you don't have any money, it always helps us immensely to spread the word, tell your friends, Raid us on Thursdays before Twitch decides that feature is should go away for some reason. Raid us on your podcast app of choice or like this video on YouTube right now. And if you're already a patron or or indeed a patron of anybody, not just us, uh, go check and make sure Patreon didn't fuck you because they changed the nationality of their payment processing service. So a lot of people got their credit cards turned off. Like their fraud thing kicked in because it's like this this charge normally came from America. Now it's coming from fucking Scotland. Yeah. What the fuck's that? Yeah. So if you could go check that, that'd be really great. Not just for us, but for the other people you support. Thank you very much. News. Uh, okay, I, I have the biggest news right now. The mm. big, absolute biggest news of the week. It came out during the opening segment. Uh, and that is choice.com. Reviewed the Xbox fridge. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that earlier. <laughs> they, uh, so it cannot chill a can of soda to an acceptable level in 24 hours. What? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's it not uses, even a fridge. <laughs> it uses so much fucking power that you'd never want it to, uh, <laughs> to run for more than a day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you sh in fact, you should never have it running for more than three days. They they say. What? I mean, this thing generates more heat than it cools anything in it. It lowered the temperature of the drinks by eight degrees over twenty four hours, which was still not colder than tap water. Oh. Yeah, there are there are a lot of things wrong with that, which makes sense. It was a reactionary product they spun up to control a meme. Like, uh -huh. yeah, but I mean, like. Fridge is a thing we have solved. Oh, yes. This, this is not a new engineering problem. Right. Yeah. They Holy can, shit. Right. Yeah. You'd think there'd be something they could just buy and be like, okay, we're going to put the Xbox stickers on. <laughs> oh, there was. And it was very, very cheap for them to buy. And it doesn't work right. And uh, uh, the review says, don't think of it as a fridge. Think of it as a powered cooler. If everything's already cold, it will extend how long they are cold. Oh, extend. Not, yeah. In, not <laughs> not, <laughs> not definitely that coldness, period. Wow, that's insane. Um, that makes sense, though. That makes sense. Oh, my God. You know what else is cold? Sorry, on screen, so it's spoiled. But superconductors, usually. <laughs> uh, last week, there was, like, rumblings of, like, oh, there's a superconductor breakthrough, blah, 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 and, like, this is insane, and it's 
huge and it's going to revolutionize everything. It's going to be like the invention of the transistor. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to wait until several labs review this and tell us this isn't a hoax. Mm -hmm. um, several labs have reviewed this. What I am about to tell you is my completely unprofessional surmise, my observations based on checking a number of different sources. Um, apparently, this is not room temperature superconductor stuff, but it is much hotter than usual, especially given that um, it can operate at normal atmospheric pressures. Apparently, normally, you would have to have several order of magnitudes higher pressure to make the superconductor work. This new method can produce it, and I'm just going to throw a number out, and it's almost definitely wrong, but I believe it was like negative 111C or something. It's, it's a really low temperature compared to normal, but um, it is still nowhere near the lows we had to get before to get atmospheric pressures. So this isn't, as far as we can tell, this isn't, as far as we can tell, something that is ever going to show up in like a console or a phone or anything that people were pitching it as on day one of the rumblings coming out. Mm -hmm. But this actually could have really massive implications at institutional, industrial scale sorts of things. Mm -hmm. For anyone who doesn't or understand the importance of uh, superconductor, you know how um, semiconductors are what they call chips. <laughs> this is because they can turn on and off the ability to conduct. Uh, and... The reason your console, the reason your phone, the reason processors get hot is because the electricity, the current, is lost through heat. You lose the power through the heat. Superconductors are, conceptually, like I don't know the exact definition, but they're supposed to be 100% throughput. So you do not lose it through heat in the transmission of the electricity. So if you had a room temperature superconductor, that would be simply amazing because you would be able to clock your CPUs much higher, theoretically. You would be able to get things much more efficient. You wouldn't have to worry about heat. It is an incredible, important thing. Not, not just that, but this would be, this would like solve battery problems. That's how it was explained to me, where it's like we, it, it's much easier to store energy that renewable sources produce. Yeah, because at that point, you can store it in, almost in a like, wire. Like a superconductor, right. Like a superconductor at that point is basically just a bucket. You have filled it with the power and um, you will take it out as you right, need it. Nothing's going to, it's not going to lose that power of doing something with it. Right. It's not losing it in the charging or the, the transmission of it. Mm -hmm. um, everything I saw, this is what it seemed like. I just wanted to inform people because I know a lot of people heard about it a week ago and fewer people heard about it this week. Um, many more labs are looking into it. They're still absolutely ramifications of like huge huge ramifications that could come out of this um so it's really exciting it's not quite at the level seemingly of all phones and technology will be revolutionized like the transistor yet so very very exciting also yeah um, if this did what they said it would be like we're we're it would literally be this is society if a superconduct if a room temperature superconductor is we would be living in that super that super no, utopia. No, it's true. Like at that point, transportation would be overhauled. Every electronic would have to be completely redone from the ground up. Everything, yeah, like everything that would be 
Star Trek, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and yeah, that's that's worth bringing up. Good point, Doc Bats. It's important to know that this is constructed from silver, which is, you know, not mm-hmm. a super rare earth mineral. Yeah, it's something mm-hmm. you can actually produce. Right. So that that is an important distinction over other methods. <laughs> there are a lot of ways where this is a big step forward. Um, but as it appears right now, at least from everything I read and looked into, it's not your phone will next like 10 years from now or five years rather who fucking knows a 10 will be running on a silver based superconductor but it's still really exciting in this rules uh let's get to gaming news though uh kind of technically does switch to they have dev kits like anyone who's saying they're not gonna make a sequel to the switch you just need to be thrown into prison now because you're you're not allowed to be with the rest of society <laughs> um for people who are interested, it looks like they're launching in the second half of next year. Not only is that what they told developers, that's also what Japanese uh, industry analysts over at Nikkei were saying. Um, so we're looking at second half next year launch. Um, third parties are telling Nintendo they would like it if it could not play Switch 1 games. They should die. Go fuck yourself. All of these valid points. Wait, no, the third parties don't have a valid point. Just you and Chris. <laughs> um, apparently, it will be using an LCD screen. Uh, this kind of makes sense because in order to jump up to be uh, on par with the 8th gen consoles, that means more storage has to be in this thing. Mm-hmm. The original Switch only had 32 gigs of memory. Yeah. This memory also, hopefully, conceivably, should be much faster than that memory to also support such ambitious games so we need much faster and much more memory in each unit in order to make it viable are we going to be installing from cartridges what's happening what's the future i'm really interested and i'm excited for them to share any fucking details no it it doesn't exist please please buy more copies of tears of the kingdom Look forward to I'm sorry, that's not possible. <laughs> we got news. They announced everyone on planet Earth bought it. Six, correct me if I'm wrong, 16.58 million? Was that the number? It was really high up there. It was either 16.58 or 15.68. Dyslexia I thought I, thought I saw 18. Was it 18? Oh my God, was it 18.56? God, dyslexia is a bitch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so I think that means it just barely outsold Ring Fit. But it did it in a month, basically. Fuck. <laughs> um, cool. That game is really great. You know what else we have news about? Mm. And is definitely what the image is in our thumbnail, just like it was for the Switch 2. Yes. Uh, we heard about the PS5 Pro. I got to look over here at my notes. Are are third parties also calling for that to not be backwards compatible? (laughs) Yes, probably. We could assume that, but no one has confirmed that. You know, Uh, speaking of that, for one second, the backwards compatible thing, I I heard a fucking buzz that a lot of these big publishers are pissed that the backwards compatibility on these new systems are, in their mind, hurting their new game sales. Like people can play all these great old games. They don't. Why would they want to play our new ones? What new games? Right? AAA industry. I'm not sure if you noticed, but you motherfuckers got old and slow. <laughs> you aren't shipping as many games as you used to. What fucking games? Why don't they buy a brand new game like Dead Space Remake or Callisto Protocol? 
That's all of the new games for this year. Or Why Mortals didn't you buy both? of Avium. <laughs> like, or Wild Hearts. Anyway, uh, the source for the PS5 Pro news comes from Tom Anderson, who has leaked literally every upcoming PlayStation product ahead of you here. Ahead of you, them announcing it, if you heard it, it was because of him. Here's a short list. Project Q, the wireless earbuds, the disk drive separate PS5 later this year. That's a slim revision. All of that was leaked by Tom Anderson in advance. So even though this is on a really, really jank looking website called Key to Gaming, mm -hmm. it is from Tom Henderson. So it is reputable because it is the same sources as all of those. Uh, the PS5 Pro, uh, codename Trinity. Guys, it's not the third of anything. Fuck off. We get it. You like the Matrix because the PS4 was Neo and the PSVR was Morpheus. But fuck off. Trinity? Really? Fucking name it the Merovingian. <laughs> Get exciting, motherfucker. I don't... Anyway, the deal with the PS5 Pro is that it's going to have improved and consistent frames per second at 4K resolution, which... Cool. I... All right. Uh, new... Their words, not mine. Performance mode at 8K. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm sure it's fucking performing at 8K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for a given subjective metric of performing, I output 8K. That's performing. Anyway, accelerated ray tracing, which makes sense. Uh, for people who don't know, the AMD chips really... They sort of did a back engineer to get ray tracing to run on their hardware where it's, you know, general compute is more of what they leaned into. And they added one tiny layer to be like, and now we can ray trace. This seems more like a more engineered in that direction bespoke solution to that. Hmm. Maybe not bespoke hardware like tensor cores in an NVIDIA setup, but more engineering to make it actually more achievable. I'm really interested in what the effects of that will be. Um, and in fact, the effects of all this, I'm going to get through the rest really quick before I say anything else though. Um, there's, there's undoubtedly going to be an, uh, clock upgrade. Like most people are expecting the frequency to go up with this thing. And on top of that, and beside that, it has 66% more compute units at 60, uh, putting it well above Xbox and like, because the PS5 was already clocked higher than Xbox, having more compute units, this will be substantially more powerful console. Um, and the memory is about 28% faster, making it, I think, slightly faster than the fast Xbox memory, which today was a great reminder crash course. Hey, Dan, the, the Xbox Series X has two different speeds and two different pools of RAM. And I'm like, how do they how do devs deal with this? How is this not fucking infuriating to deal with where it's like <laughs> 10 gigs of it runs fast and the other six, fuck you. Um, but somehow they keep it working over there. Um so yeah, that's it. Apparently that will be coming out next year. And this is something people are not covering enough. Apparently, the PS6, as far as Tom Henderson knows, their aim is to ship that in 2028. So Dan wins. If you all recall, when the PS5 came out and there were rumors of, yeah, the PS6 is supposed to come out in six years, I'm like, wrong. No, false. This is the best hardware we've gotten forever. This should not be a shorter gen. This should be a longer gen. The PS5 has serious legs in it. Eight years sounds pretty decent. That means we have five more. Mm -hmm. that, that seems great to me. But I've been hearing a lot of people who are like, 
the PS5 Pro is coming out next year. Don't you feel cheated for having a PS5? And I'm like, I know PS4 that whole gen and it was fine. And that's a way worse console than the PS5 for its time. Even there are so many games that run at 60 frames per second on this. All the games load really fast. Mm -hmm. This is a great experience and I'm sure it will continue to be for a while. I bet the games where it's not a great experience will probably not be a great experience on many platforms. <laughs> yeah. And then with the modern uh, trend toward actually having performance modes and fidelity modes, like, yeah, no, you can go do whatever ray trace bullshit you want on the high end of the pro. Cause right. I'm not clicking that shit anyway. Right. Like, if yeah. anything, like, this is the same situation as you get, it, like, in a number of other places a number of other times. Like, the PS5 itself is really solid hardware this time, though. So it is, unlike the PS4 to PS4 Pro, the PS5 Pro is just an awesome thing, but so is the PS5. Meanwhile, the PS4 original, the CPU sucks. There was not, like, a, a fast enough RAM. There wasn't fast enough storage. There were tons of bottlenecks there. And this seems like really just spruced up, tightened up. Like, yeah, we might be able to hit AK with this new hardware stuff in it. Because it's clear this is going to have something in it that isn't on the market from AMD right now, it sounds like. Mm. It sounds like what this is going to ship with next year is going to be the absolute cutting edge. Which is kind of like when the PS4 Pro had the first temporal AA solution, in a sense, with checkerboard rendering. Huh. They were ahead of DLSS. They literally pioneered that shit. So there's a chance the PS5 Pro will do that too. And I got hit with a very interesting situation. This is really what I think the core talking point is. Do I get a PS5 Pro when I survived the PS4 generation with the PS4? Which was a way worse situation. <laughs> Bob, what are your thoughts? What do you think? I'll probably end up getting it. Yeah. Like I ended up getting the Pro because, you know. Yeah. It just... I'm going to play these games anyway. I might as well have the best version of them. Mm -hmm. So, and you can trade in your PS5 towards a pro. Like, right. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. I realized at very least, I don't have the strong desire to be there day one at all. No, no. And it, since launch hardware is always a slight risk, part mm -hmm. of me is like, yeah, I'll just check out the digital foundry video and be like, oh, that's neat. And if, if it bears fruit, then maybe a month or so later, Agro, what do you think? Oh, yeah, no, like I, I went the whole PS4 gen on the vanilla. Just when it turned into a ramjet engine, I just put my headphones on. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that's happening this time. If Final Fantasy 16 has proven anything, it will go, ah, I am hot. <laughs> Unreasonably hot. I go sleep now. Yeah, no, I like, like I said, if, if I'm not kicking anything out of performance mode, I don't foresee a pro being a compelling proposition for me mm -hmm. uh chris what do you think it'll run games better <laughs> so i'm gonna that's buy it like I'm, I'm gonna buy any version of any console they release that runs games better that's the most important thing to me is games running good i don't give a shit about resolution i don't give a shit about ray tracing mm -hmm. i yeah. want for more frames i yeah. fucking hate games dropping frames I hate games running at 30. So if there's, I can pay money to have that happen less, I will do so. Also, there's an interesting thing with this. Um, you know, I alleged maybe it was subtle or not present enough. The, if there is an arguable bottleneck in the PS5, it's a completely understandable one of memory bandwidth. 
Mm. Um, because it is less memory bandwidth than the Series X, and you actually have seen in Plague Tale Requiem and a couple other games a mild performance advantage because of the bandwidth. So there are situations that are frame rate limited because of memory bandwidth that this could solve. Not even CPU, not even GPU, which will be better, but because of that. So, you know, it's not even just higher resolution. It could technically take games that aren't 60 and improve them to the point of maybe being 60. I, re I really hope it has some sort of flat surface on it. <laughs> Cowards. This is a big ask, but... Sphere. <laughs> Hear me out. Two spheres. Just right next to it. Maybe overlapping slightly in the middle. I just think there's some radical spherical designs we could take with this console that they have not... They've explored curves. Sure. But I think we could curve more. I think if we're doing two spheres, they need to be like far apart and have have like a weird bridge between them with like a, a weird golden ring on it. And yeah. The sphere should also be disturbingly flash colored for some reason. <laughs> I. So that's that. My, that was my gut feeling. I don't need this at launch. I'll check out the Digital Foundry videos or just look over at Bob's, I guess. Um <laughs> And I'll figure out from there. And, you know, there's another reason why I probably don't want to pick this up at launch mm -hmm. day one. And that's the Switch 2, which is shipping in the second half of next year. Yeah. I'll start saving now. Yeah. You better. <laughs> Who fucking knows? Like, is this a $500 PS5 Pro or is it a $600 PS5 Pro? Yeah, I'm going to assume $600 and make, it's not yeah. going to be $700. It'll be $600. I'm assuming it's $600, but... It might be five hundred if if they drop if the, when they announce the the, the slim the PS four slim the PS five slim mm -hmm. and the, if they, if they drop it to four hundred I'll assume this will be five otherwise I'm assuming six yeah if if you're listening to this podcast in the future and you're like Dan you fucking liar you picked it up at launch I'm gonna say now one of the one of the main things that would influence that is if GameStop did have a trade in your PS five for a PS five right, pro the first month or something and right, like yeah only they're only going to do it for the first month or uh -huh. so. That's, and that would, that would probably push me over the edge. So here's to hoping GameStop doesn't do that, even though that's kind of worse for everyone if they don't. Man, I'm, I'm, I wonder if there will be some big game that I will want to play on it right at launch. Because we have no idea what's going to be the second half of 2024. It could be DS2. It could Who be. knows? Yeah. We don't. We know for certain. We have no idea. Because Sony won't talk. It could be Wolverine. Yeah, it could be. Unfortunately, we have no idea at all what's in 2024. We hardly know what's this year from uh, Sony. Oh, man. Could you imagine Wolverine 8K? You could see all the hair. 12 <laughs> frames a second because it's oh, 8K. Yeah, it's so good. Nobody has a TV that can actually display it at 8K. I know. That's the an unbelievable amount of money. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love that every human on Earth is like, you know, when the PS4 Pro came out, 4K TVs weren't really a thing. And like there were some in stores, but it wasn't a lot of models and they were very expensive. And as time went on by the end of that generation, sure. And, and, and then every person who says that immediately follows with, that's not happening with 8K. <laughs> that is just it, not happening. It, it really doesn't feel like it is. Like this... 8K TVs aren't something you see when you go into a store. There are like a few at Best Buy. Like, yeah. I don't even know how many. Two? Maybe. Three? Yeah. I'm starting to think we're hitting a ceiling of people who aren't tech or image quality enthusiasts becoming real tired of this shit. 
mm-hmm. and don't want to buy new shit anymore. Oh yeah, like I mean, when the Blu-ray came out, you could feel the entirety of the population go last one. No, it's true. Yeah, you, you try to look up adoption on all this, and there it's all like uh, nobody adopts it until magically in 2025 it becomes most of the market. I'm like, that ain't happening. You're just making <laughs> lo- shit up. I love those trend charts. They always make shit up in the most <laughs> hilarious way. Yeah, and um, next week everyone's gonna buy an electric car. I'm like, damn, <laughs> that's when it happens. We all just have a mental snap. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh. You know, even as, you know, me, I'm not sure how long you've been watching the channel, uh, listener, viewer, but uh, I'm the pixel whisperer. I'm not sure how much value I would get out of an 8K OLED. Right. All I know is if it's not an OLED, I don't want it. So like, and for people who don't know, there are actually problems in the EU because of the power draw of an 8K TV where 8K TVs may not be a thing in the EU. So, because they have power regulations on TVs, which I both understand and fucking hate. (laughs) (sighs) Um, In that one way, I'm kind of like the people who are really mad over toilets and the the regulated water flow with that and showers. But I'm that for TV where I'm just like, look, I fucking understand where you're coming from, but... I need this to do the function good. <laughs> well, then hook up like a exercise bike to that bitch and make up the differential. Gladly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already doing that the exercise. Like so fucking let's go. Just give me a spool of a room temperature superconductor and we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe then it will be efficient enough because I actually did crunch those numbers of if I bike for an hour a day. And I charge a battery on that. How much power am I saving? And it's like, by the end of the year, $72. And I'm like, no. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> um, I would simply buy $100,000 of solar panels. Yes, that is correct. That is the correct choice. Man, solar solar's good now. If you, if you if you are building somehow you have money and you're listening to this and are building yeah. a single story home or live in one. Well, before that, go to patreoncom gb <laughs> Yeah, you to go to patreon.com. But, but installing at, at this point, at this point if you live in a place that gets a lot of sun, you you sell power back to the grid and they literally pay for themselves. Yeah, the efficiency really did go up um and we crossed a threshold with uh cost of production and efficiency where it actually started not being some weird like future time scam to yourself mm. um or a past time scam money scam to yourself um so yeah no we're in a really good place with that problem don't have money uh, <laughs> yeah uh or how's the button on that anyway so yeah ps5 pro it sounds like promising hardware it sounds like the definitive way you want to play uh games for the next fucking long ass time yeah, I mean, there won't be a competing console that's that powerful at all, period. Yeah, Microsoft has shown no signs that they're going to make a pro version. They Well, well, they did already. That's the Series X. They did it at the start of the gen, according to John Linneman. And that's and what Microsoft they told him with a straight face. He just repeated it. It's like, that's not how technology works. Phil Spencer said that while wearing a straight jacket and then bounced out of the room. <laughs> Weird that the, the, the article you wrote didn't include those minor details. <laughs> and then he lowered John into the dip. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe they'll work on the next, whatever the next thing is called because it can't be series again. Or maybe it is series X I mean, it can and be, S it again. Can be, it can be series some other, but 
it's they have not come out and said, yeah, we're no longer losing money on these. In fact, mm-hmm. the most recently, which was last November, they're like, we're losing $100 on the Series X and 200 on the Series S. You can't make another tier when you're losing that kind of money on them. Right, it's true. Yeah. Um, smart engineering really goes a really long way. Um, they had a lot of ambition with the Series X, but I feel like the engineering to how they got there mm-hmm. is clearly not as efficient of a trade-off as the PS5 if the PS5 was like not losing money really close to launch. Um and that's really unfortunate. At the same time, though, I think Microsoft would have a really hard time convincing people to buy the really powerful version of their console, considering... Well, yeah, they of... haven't shipped any fucking games yet. Right. Yeah. Um, in fact, I don't... In fact, other than Jedi Survivor, I don't think there's even any games that run badly, really, that are next-gen exclusive. Like, they yeah. don't have a Final Fantasy sixteen yet. They don't have a... Spider-Man 2, I mean, I assume Spider-Man 2 will run perfectly fine in performance mode, but, like, they don't have anything to justify more yet. Right. It's the only way to play Starfield at 60. Starfield at 60, they could do that. It could have more uh, more CPU. Could it? I know, right? <laughs> they, uh, Todd, Howard said, Todd Howard says that they had, that they could, get, they were getting it to, like, 40, so they could, so they could, so it'll be stable 30, of, he promised. Have you heard about diminishing returns? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, have you heard of lies? <laughs> 50%, because keep in mind, from 40 to 60 is 50% more performance. Do you know what you have to overcome to do, to do that? Anyway, um, this puts us in an interesting situation. Do you think Xbox just launches a new Xbox in three years? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, maybe. Um, I saw some people who were expressing a thing where they're like, guys, I... You know, Microsoft clearly is just not as motivated or interested in the console segment, you know, because they're doing the cross, the game passes across console and PC, and now they're not doing a pro console. And I'm starting to notice they aren't as invested. I'm like, you didn't notice when they didn't make a new controller? The only time in human history that's occurred? (laughs) It's perfect. It's a perfect controller. It It sure is if you listen to them say that and repeat it out loud. Well, that's, that's what all Xbox people do. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's all. They, you know how many times I've had to hear fucking Xbox fans say some variant of Xbox is the most welcoming development environment in the industry. Like it was an objective fact. What? The most welcoming development. That's the weirdest way to describe them buying a shit ton of companies. <laughs> well, that's why that, that's why buying that's why buying companies is supposed to be good. Because they're the most welcoming environment. It's very welcoming. I was thinking of it as a dev kit thing of like, oh, the SDK is premium. And I'm like, no, no, actually, I was kind of. I was even thinking like the indie developer relationships. I'm like, I heard some of those are bad. Yeah. (laughs) So, any way you could have taken that was a real what the fuck. Uh, But I don't think Xbox is shipping a new box in three years. I'll be a little surprised if Xbox ships a new box. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting mm, there. That, yeah. I feel like but, it's either they ship one or they're done. Right. Like, why would they? Why would they want to go in for like? Well, we'll 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 leapfrog Sony with a new box. I'm like, that's not what moves consoles. You have the best box right now, and it ain't helping. I'm so just, why I don't know why they'd be like we have to leapfrog them. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, once also, again, also again, you can't. They can't seem to make get affordable hardware engineered 
Right. So and I don't think they'd want to sign on for that sooner. Their ambition to be the most powerful this gen because they thought that's why they lost last gen <laughs> um, made them overreach on the design of the system and now it's not profitable um or even not losing a bunch of money which is different from profitable as it turns out net zero is a win <laughs> because you, you aren't supposed to make the money on the hardware it's so crazy that that was their takeaway i'll but they're not going to make the software <laughs> right. so. but they get 30 percent margins on anything that sells I, mean, I think it's crazy that that's their, that was their takeaway and that's why they started pursuing the super high-end like the the one uh, x and the series x uh -huh. and all this that wasn't the reason they just no. crashed at the beginning of that gen at all like it was the camera and it was the, all of the always online drm stuff it was those two things and the underpower hardware it was a real perfect three hit combo of like no one no one wants to if you bought if you go out to buy a box and one of them is 1080p, the then standard resolution for every TV. Mm -hmm. Because by 2013, basically every TV, even the cheap shit at Walmart, was 1080p. Yeah. No one wants to be like, well, yeah, I'll get the box that just doesn't have these Sony games, but more importantly, can't even do the resolution of my TV. They had a price disadvantage. They cost more. They mm -hmm. were weaker. And it's, it's hard. I am willing to bet money like real money, hundreds of dollars, that there's a small but significant portion of consumers that still don't think you can use used games on Xbox. Right. Yeah. I'm sure it's... Like, who knows the level of poison pill that was? They got way too greedy and basically cut their own throats. Like, and the way you look at it is those three things really just doomed them in the eyes of the market overall. Because sometimes you fuck up in a way that alienates some part yeah and i think that they they could have been fine if it was just underpowered like that is the least of the problems of those three big problems i'm trying to i'm trying to imagine a world in which the xbox one was like really performant hardware but mm -hmm. had those other two problems because keep in mind the camera was cut out of the box six months in right um I think not that people knew until like two years later. Right. When they started selling them for like 250. Yeah. When they did the uh, S, that's when people finally were like, wait, you can buy it without the camera? Oh, that's cool. I thought the VCR just always included the camera. And it's like, no, no, sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> the, man, people really fell for that. The future is it being a multimedia box shit. Well, I saw, you know, people were talking about this in the Gigaboost fan discord. People on, um, oh man, what's the name of that uh, forum that used to have influence back when it was in? NeoGAF? Yeah, what's the new one? Reset Era. Reset Era. Uh, people were talking about it on there. And it's like, yeah, Xbox made the weird decision when they sold all these connects towards the end of the 360 gen to look at their analytics and go, most people use it to watch Netflix. <laughs> Our next box should be really good at TV. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's man. You did not read the room right at all. No. Also, you did it during the worst part of the worst gen possible. When people just went, maybe fuck console gaming. Everything runs like shit here. All these games are like 20 frames per second. I got to install them. Updating sucks. It's like, yeah, I fell out of love with gaming by near the end of that gen because it was just such a fucking it was a bear to deal with um anyway yeah if we don't if we don't hear any announcement about xbox making new hardware in the next two years mm -hmm. 
I'm worried they're just done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, even even if they successfully buy Activision, even if that goes through, at some point it makes more sense to, we're just going to put our games on everything. We're not going to have a hardware division. We're just going to sell games. Maybe we can nag Sony into letting Game Pass be on PlayStation. That isn't going to happen. In fact, I'll be stunned if Game Pass is still a meaningful thing in three years. Yeah, on the trajectory they're on, it's completely conceivable that they're done. Um, however, I, I do envision a bright and wacky future in, in which they replace Phil with some new blood and they have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is their shirt all one color or possibly it's a two-tone sort of deal? I'm worried. I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and we get some fucking weird ass monster box where like we're going to bridge the gap between console gaming, uh-huh. multimedia, yeah. and the PC experience. Oh my god. And he invents uh some really weird shitty alienware PC. <laughs> that <laughs> that a was a controller. rumor. That was a rumor yeah. a while back that right before right before the launch of the series that like Microsoft is in talks with Steam to get every PC game on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, we're living <laughs> then, through interesting times. Uh, it's going to be really funny when nobody ever thinks about the Steam Deck again when the Switch 2 comes out. It is going to be really interesting when the Switch 2 comes out. It's like, wow, these games run better on this because you can write directly at the driver level. Weird. You can write directly to the hardware and you can just optimize these games so they run fucking awesome. And it has built in DLSS. Which really, I cannot stress how much better than FSR 2 that looks <laughs> will help immensely. I, I watched Digital Foundry's video on it. This is how Ratchet & Clank A Rift Apart runs on the Steam Deck. As you can see, it has some imaging problem, but that's okay. The Steam Deck screen isn't very good. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, true, I own one and I know, but damn, dude, that is breaking up like crazy because it's like a, an internal 540p and it's guessing at like three out of every four pixels. And mm, Anyway, 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 anyway. That's it for next gen hardware segment. We're moving on. Hey, Agro. Hey. Talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've, I've got a, a crazy, weird little story here. Something okay. of, a, of a morality play. Mm-hmm. So at the tail end of a panel in San Diego Comic-Con, a Transformers fan site uh, started interviewing Hasbro personnel about like a, a gamer edition uh, figure series they were putting out. Oh. Uh, basically, they were making figures of... Transformers from video games specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned that they, like, one, wanted to put the uh, War for Cybertron and, like, that series from the 360 PS3 era, like, mm-hmm. back out for people to be able to buy and play. Maybe put it on Game Pass. That would make sense. And and they said that Activision told them they couldn't find it. What? And they said we like we we need to reference these games for these figures. Can you please send us the code? And they're like, here's some concept art. No, no, the game. And they'd send them more concept art. And like, no, please. Okay, so they apparently found it on like like they brought in their PS3s and shit and had to rip it themselves. <laughs> like a couple days later, Activision found out they said that, and I don't know what happened internally, but Hasbro PR reps were like, we didn't. We're sorry. We didn't mean to say that. Activision totally knows where all of that code is. 
Uh, yeah, mm. uh, one of the, one of the weirdest people from Activision about the whole FTC thing, Lulu Chang Masurvi, was on Twitter yelling, "We didn't lose it." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Is... Why do people get... fucking who cares? Like, this is insane. What is going on over there?" Man, I don't. These are the people who would like to remind you that pirating any game of any age is morally wrong, and you shouldn't do it because you're taking food out of the mouths of these fucking idiots. <laughs> Cool. Hey, Bob. Hey. So, this box that you own, mm -hmm. that you played Star Wars on, yeah. you would say serving you pretty well. This PS5? Mm -hmm. This is a pretty good yeah, console. It's going pretty well, yeah. Okay. So, in no way do you feel cheated? No. Well, what if I told you Star Wars is coming to last gen, baby? <laughs> what are you going to do then? You going to cry? You gonna piss and shit your little pants? <laughs> no, I'm. I'll be really happy because that's gonna be a version of Star Wars without ray tracing to ruin it. Wouldn't it be fucked up if these actually come out and like if you if you buy those and play them on the next gen on the next gen boxes? That's the best version of the game. Yeah, absolutely, it's gonna happen. <laughs> that was the first thing Bob said. He's like, it's gonna suck when the PS4 version running on my PS5 is the ideal copy. Of the game. I I have a sneaking suspicion these might turn out like the. Uh, <laughs> the last gen ports of Shadow of Mordor. Uh huh. Or it's like, so oh, really you, you good. You shouldn't have done this. <laughs> yeah, I have to wonder what cuts they will have to make. Yeah. That game looks very nice. Oh, yeah. I was floored looking at that game. It had been long enough since Resident Evil 4. Mm -hmm. And between then, I played, uh, you know, Tears of the Kingdom. A, a Switch game, and it looks like a 7th gen game, and Final Fantasy 16, which most of the game doesn't look immaculate. The small parts do. Mm -hmm. So when I look over after finishing 16 and see the game running on your machine, I'm like, oh shit, this is not something you can get through YouTube. <laughs> no. I did not understand just how good it looked. Holy fuck. Um, yeah, so those last gen versions are going to be hilarious to look at, is what I'm getting. Also, I see a lot of people, a lot of people out there, and many in chat right now being like, probably also going to come out on the Switch too if it's getting a last gen port. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that, no shit. That, they're like, that, oh, that God, seems way more like, important. Yeah, that, that seems, seems like the like, real goal. The other goal yes, is the Jinkaria distraction. Right. Like, that's, that's also kind of why I think Street Fighter Six is on PS4. It's like, we know there's a new oh, Switch yeah. coming. And we their fucking engine's sure good enough. They can they can do it. They can get that yeah, I, up I, ported. I, I need people seem to be fucking confused. So I need to I need to say this now. Uh-huh. Guys, these new boxes are selling pretty much at one-to-one -one of the rates of the Xbox One and PS4. There's not some secret these are bombs. I get that there's some weirdos who really want that to be the case because they want something exciting to happen. They're bored. Yeah. But uh, it's, <laughs> it ain't happening. There's a lot Star of Go ahead. Star Wars is sell sold more than the original. Like in the same time frame, it's selling more. Mm -hmm. These, it's not like there's nobody owns these consoles. Nobody's ever going to. It's a dud of a gin. That isn't true. I don't know where that narrative came from because there was a hardware shortage for a couple of years. You can go into a fucking Walmart and buy these boxes now. It's over. Look, there are some people out there who are PC gamers who are just shitty to consoles for any reason to be shitty to consoles. That's there's, literally what it is. There's also a group of people out there who are um, 
cheap and not self-aware enough to realize they're cheap. And so a company being like, we can offer you a drastically better experience. You'll enjoy gaming much more. $500, they feel insulted almost to ask to be spent $500, no matter how much the upgrade. So those people are just it, mad at the concept it, of new generations of consoles. It's right. been 10 years. You got longer this time than any period in history. Get the fuck over it. Yeah, I... And, and and we're getting the like I meant to write this in as an explicit news story. We're clearly getting the price drop on the PS5 in the next few months. For people who haven't seen, the UK has had nonstop sales on the old models, current models of the PS5 for a month straight because clearly the price increase caused a demand drop. So they need to clear this inventory out as they approach the slim, which should be out in two, three months or whatever. Um. Yeah, it's it's very clear that, th but yeah, the 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 sell through rate on these is actually straight up there. It's in Spain too. Okay, so it's not even just the UK. It's Spain, the UK, and other countries. I've heard, but cannot confirm. I'm not in them. Um, the sell through rate on this is literally on par with PS4. Like this isn't a dead generation. Mm -hmm. This is just people who want to be angry about this. I I think it also has a weird perspective that's skewed because about covid delayed so many games mm -hmm. there weren't as many games coming out yeah so they they're the perceived thing is that no this gen hasn't started yet this gen is terrible it's a bomb yeah there's also a somewhat smaller contingent of people that have been showing up since seventh gen who i mean i'm sure some of them are just pc master racers but there's this weird cult of people who are constantly decrying that console gaming is collapsing so that on the off chance it happens, they will have been right. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Those people are going to have a really great false holiday when Xbox pulls out. And then Sony and Nintendo are going to be like, we're doing fine. Yeah. In fact, if Xbox drops out, Sony will be doing really fine. <laughs> you think they're doing good now? I'm sure they would appreciate the 10% sales buff on units sold and everything else that would come from Xbox just leaving if that occurred. Um, yeah, it's, it's really dumb. It's really dumb. I can't believe... I'm not going to name names. I listened to a podcast, one, about gaming. Technically two. Um, but I had to listen to a man with a 4090 be like, uh, PS5 for $500, I'd feel cheated that they're making a pro next year. I'm like... You spent more on the 4090 than both consoles. You could trade the PS5 towards the Pro. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, crazy people. <laughs> see, that that's what that kind of money like it's it's I'm trying to think the right way to phrase it. Because right. he has a 4090, the PS5 has no value playing these other games well. Its only value is purely the games that are are not on anything else. Right. So he's like, well, they, they shipped so few of those, and now I, for the best experience on them, I need a new box. They don't understand that that is such a tiny, irrelevant amount of people. And PC gamers don't seem to... PC gamers don't seem to have internalized, like, huh, Ratchet & Clank's now on PC. Do you have a $2,500 PC? then it's not going to run as well as it does on PS5. And even if you do, it still isn't going to load as fast 
as that Digital Foundry video proved, the best PC in the world still loads slightly slower, slightly, than the PS5. Yeah, and also, as someone with a 4090, and as someone with a 5950X, and someone with 32 gigs of RAM, playing on an NVMe drive, hey, as a fellow 4090 owner, please stop pretending the PC is the ideal place to play everything. Because I've seen how Star Wars runs on PC. And I was surprised when Bob played it on the PS5 and it wasn't worse because that's what PC people are dealing with. Mm -hmm. This is, it's, it's, like Dan, it's like Dan keeps saying, this is the worst period to be a PC gamer and they're acting like, like they're kings of the jungle. Yeah, because they it's have like, that you guys platonic are, ideal in their head. It, it's, I've seen it's this a numbers thing. made into a comic over and over and over. Like PC is better than console. Is your PC better than a console? <laughs> Yeah, because right now the <laughs> answer is probably no. Right. These things are like, really powerful, and especially if you include the pro coming out. Like, what was it? That same podcast, not naming name, was like, is the PS5 Pro going to be as powerful as a 40 series graphics card? Probably not. And I'm like, the PS5 is as strong as a 4060. <laughs> so uh, if you go up from a 4060, guess where you land? It's still a 40, I assume. It's still a 40. Also, uh, the PC gamers who own a 4090, all three of you, you got a sick win this week. This isn't enough of a news story for me to bring it in as its own news story. Uh, the 4090 Ti was quietly canceled. <laughs> They're just not making that now. So all right. we get to be Super King Big Nuts for the next <laughs> two and a half years while the game still don't run well for some reason. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, what's the number one use case for a PS5 Pro? And you know what I figured out, Bob? Mm. I know the answer. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 with the hair turned on. Ooh, yeah. Th that, that is just with, the with the hair turned on. The game. That is it. it. I think it's called it, hair effects or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, when you, and when you add in, the Switch 2 is going to be good enough that nobody's going to skip the Switch 2 to only ship on these new platforms. Like the the more powerful platforms, mm -hmm. like it's it's too close. The shape of games has not changed enough for them to. It's not it's not like get your game onto this fucking ancient phone. Right, right, right. It's not that at all because of a number of different layers. Yeah, I so I think the so like Switch we're gonna 2 hit will be strong enough that where Sony has to worry about making the argument about needing something more powerful than that. Yeah, I think mm. I think this might Nintendo might not only sell as their own conceptually different and unique offer value of being the portable console hybrid, but also start to really eat into what a console brings to most people. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't give a shit about ray tracing. Yeah. Many but, people but, don't. But most people on Earth, yeah, no, no one cares. I Show them Luigi's Mansion 3 and it looks better than any video game ever made yeah, with ray tracing. Oh, man, that would be so good to be uh, like, yeah, which one of these two <laughs> do you think has the higher quality graphics? And they would just be like, I mean, like the lighting it, seems better in that one. And I'm like, nope, it, that's just tricks. At this point, it is difficult to not look at Nintendo and see Nintendo as a company as this weird... No, not weird. It's the other way around. It's hard not to look at Sony and Microsoft as the evolutionary dead ends that sprung off of Nintendo, where it's like, Nintendo still understands... I, I, I've said this before on Twitter, where it's like, game develop... 
Imagine if movies forgot all the tricks used to make movies. I mean, they did that. I mean, they did that with special effects. <laughs> That's okay. But, but games so, have done the same thing. Where it's like, <laughs> I observe this pre-existing fact. Neat. But, but imagine, like, it's... Nintendo didn't lose the ability... Nintendo didn't go like, no, everything needs... You need to be able to walk around and spin the camera around every single thing. A game having a fixed camera at any point is unacceptable. Like, mm -hmm. they didn't... They didn't internalize that. So they have preserved all these techniques to make hardware go stretch farther because they've always had lower powered hardware. And now that re diminishing returns is kicking the shit out of everybody, Nintendo's like, well, yeah, but we have all these tricks we can use to still make our stuff look really good. And then Sony's like, oh shit, I wish we hadn't completely cut that section of our brain out. Um, aggro. There's a specific term for a species that, uh, in its seclusion, has evolved in a very unique way. Do you remember that? It's like archipelago syndrome or something like that. There's a, there's a specific word for this, and I, I'm just thinking as Chris sa is saying this about this creature that's evolved in its seclusion and somehow emerged into the larger world as an apex predator. <laughs> that's kind of uh, Galapagos. They probably named it after Galapagos. Yeah. There we go. Um. <laughs> It literally feels like that, where it's just a Bucky villain that's just come out of there. And you're like, oh, fuck, look at that guy. <laughs> that's what it feels like when it's like Nintendo. Nintendo did the hardest thing in the world when they were just like, uh, we don't need to make an HD console. This is good enough. And like this strategy could have been disastrous that first time out. But the Wii was so successful with the casuals, it sustained them. <laughs> that was it was the fucking craziest thing because I remember being there, being like, "Who wants to buy that?" And Nintendo went, "Everyone on Earth, but you people." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, "No, they." Oh fuck! <laughs> and then and then they misinterpreted their appeal. But the Switch really does feel like the fusion of no. We also have no good normal games. We've gotten. We've gotten the casuals into normal games. We have done the magic. Now we're going to be the biggest one forever. You, it's over. You've <laughs> fucking, lost. Fucking in chat. Yujiro Hanma breaks Phil Spencer. The, yeah, fucking Nintendo comes up to the Xbox and breaks it and goes, this guy's hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really weird. And um, I sure am interested. I sure am there day one for a Switch 2. Yeah, the... the I. The only motivation to not get the PS5 Pro is the Switch 2 is right there. And, like, will I even be caring that much about the PS5 I'm, Pro at that moment? I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be afraid about the backwards compatibility thing until they announce it's backwards compatible. Nintendo is so good about this, but it only takes one misstep and, and then it's like, it, it's all for nothing. It's over. Mm -hmm. uh, that's totally understandable, but... I'm still gonna buy it. Like, <laughs> like that I mean, I so I, so will I. But it's the difference between launch and not launch because I'm not sure if they'll have enough stuff at launch. I don't. They think, might. I don't think Nintendo's stupid enough to not have back compat. It turns out the Switch Two is just a new dock that has a GPU in it. No! <laughs> yeah, I. I, I also I do had to listen like to the same podcaster be like, what if the dock had a GPU in it? And I'm like, these are all of the worst takes I've heard. All in one I, convenient podcast. I, yeah, no. I, I have faith that one Nintendo has always done backwards compatibility whenever physically viable. And sometimes phys when it was not physically viable, like the DS. Mm -hmm. Um 
I can't imagine them being like, we don't want to sell any more copies of Mario Odyssey. We've sold enough of those. We don't want to sell Mario Kart 8 for another 10 years. <laughs> right. They're like, right. watch us fucking do it. Uh, every time somebody's like, what if they stuck a GPU in the dock? What if they cranked up the power with another? Every time I just hear, that is not how windmills work in the back <laughs> of my fucking head. Anyway, let's move on. Hey, Bob. Hey. Next new story. Yes. Uh, the Rataton. Rataton Kickstarter has started. For people who don't remember, this is the Patapon spiritual successor. It's very obviously Patapon. Oh my god. It's Patapon. Go look at you it. You guys see Patapon, it's Patapon. It hit the goal like immediately, but they are still going through stretch goals. They got to the stretch goal, so they are hitting consoles. Yeah. I think there's a David Wise collab song in there now. Yeah, right? What? Okay, uh, cool. But yeah, they're burning through those. Their goal was only uh 139,000. Yeah. So they hit that really quick. I wrote in this before we started the podcast, so it's off the But but let's read obsolete. that number and then we'll check what it is now. So it's $631,079 written in this document. Do you have the new? I don't have the new number. I'll pull that up. Okay. Their goal was $139,615. Yeah, it was in yen and made a lot more sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's really funny to see that. <laughs> like, what is, they need that it's extra. Like we have a meticulous business plan. <laughs> they have that extra $15. The we need that good coffee. This is important. Uh, it looks like they've since gone about up about 14000 So now it's 645860 Yeah, so that's burning up there really quick and hitting seemingly all the stretch goals they can put out. <laughs> we'll see. I love that the stretch goals are in yen. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know what that means. Right? Just knock a couple zeros off your ballpark. In fact, why do they have cleared written next to ones that seemingly aren't? Man, what something's something's weird about this. Okay. These goals and what what's written next to them. Because it says approximately US $943,700. And then it says cleared. What? But and I'm like, no, that's that's like 250 some odd from now. Thousand, that is. Oh, they got a chiptune version, so that's cool. Anyway. Well, it's already tomorrow in Japan, so they probably have. Oh, that's true. Numbers. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> we do Kickstarter one update. Yeah, so. that makes sense. This is how time works. Rantan <laughs> looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's one of those things. Was like, man, that's cool. I'm glad it's happening. I'll never buy it because I cannot play it physically. <laughs> I have no reason. It's impossible for me to play this game. What a cool Sony game from the past. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. They had to do this like so many other Sony games. <laughs> Jim Ryan should be tried for his crimes. When's Gravity Rush Hidden's Kickstarter? Oh, I'm there day one. Um, other news, Radiant Silver Gun. It's coming to Steam. August 18th. It's really close. That's Yo. cool. Yes, thank you. I hope they bring it over to PlayStation as well, but whatever. I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> uh, people are saying the Kickstarter messed up and people's accounts were called fraudulent, so we removed a ton of money. So that's apparently what happened with the... Oh, that's okay. so, so hopefully they get that figured out. Did they also move their payment structure to Ireland or something? <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. All those yeah. companies are real stupid. Yeah, yeah. They're all like in the same sort of Silicon Valley 
Yeah, we can just do yeah. this on a random day of the week. No, nobody's gonna notice, right? <laughs> this will <laughs> certainly fuck no one. Uh, longtime from software composer Yuka Kitamura is leaving the studio and make they're going freelance, which kind of makes sense. A lot of Japanese composers seem to be going freelance these days, which is really interesting out. that it took this long to start happening, but it's so strong now mm -hmm. because it feels like that should have happened closer to when Namco stopped having a demand for the best sound team in human history. <laughs> I feel like it's been going on for a while though. So mm. like over the last 10 years or so. At least. Oh yeah. 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 I, sorry. I just, I wonder why it didn't happen even earlier. Yeah. Frankly. Uh, but she worked on Dark Souls 2, 3, Sekiro, Bloodborne, and Elden Ring. Now, this is where I could be some weird asshole and be like, Kota Hoshino kicked her ass to the curb because he's such a chat. He's like, no, we all make techno from now on. It would be really funny. He's like, yeah, we don't need to you anymore because you do orchestrated stuff and we're doing armor core for the next decade. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Oh God, that'd be so good. Can you imagine? There's like Elden Ring too. No, we're 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 gonna take a break from that for like a decade. Here's like four armored core games. Oh, I would mm -hmm. love that. I would love this weird reversal with Dark Souls fans. It's like it's like relationship therapy. You get to As see every game starts becoming years. armored core somehow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the decade of Dan, baby. Dude, no, Armored Core is the best game to do that with. Because you just get 10 studios, like, kind of missing the point, but still making A weird, weird yeah. super complicated mech build and fight games. Like, yes, please. Right. Yes, Some do that. fucking studio out there is like, I thought it was about the characters. And they accidentally made, like, a romance game. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have made Dragon Seed, but with robots. <laughs> yes. Yes. Turns out Max is a very wide genre that can be explored. Wow. Yeah. Look, I I don't I don't care what Bandai Namco said about whether or not they get to be gay. Max are back. Please do more Max. <laughs> uh that's it for the Bond news. Um I'll wait for the very end for my other tech news. Hey Chris. I'm really glad you're gonna talk about this first bullet here because um I, I didn't look into it at all. I figured you would, okay. you would get me up to speed. Uh, so they announced Final Fantasy XIV's next expansion. It's called Dawn Trail. It's coming in a year. Uh, it's going to have two new classes. We don't know what they are yet because that's always how it goes because there's the U.S. Fan Fest and then the Japanese one and then the European one. Or it might be European and then Japan. I forget the order. But they give you more at each one. Uh, what it... Uh, the current theory is it's going to be a Pictomancer like Realm is in Final Fantasy VI because Yoshi P always wears a t-shirt that hints at what it is. Mm -hmm. And this time he wore a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt, but there's already a ninja in the game. So everybody's like, well, they're named, they're named after artists. Ah. Because huh. it's, always, it's always some way that, that makes sense. Like when it was Samurai, I think he wore a Sam Raimi shirt. Because in Japanese, Sam Raimi <laughs> sounds like samurai. God, that man or is amazing. Or we're all just being gaslit accidentally because Yoshi P just came from watching the movie. <laughs> uh, it's going to be... Because the, the last expansion just ended like the entire plot up until that point. Like that, it, the story resolved. So now mm -hmm. it seems like it's like, go to this new continent where you don't know about anything so we can build a new story because we can't do that with you still in like the developed world mm -hmm. or the, the known world. Uh, 
They announced Final Fantasy XIV is finally coming to Xbox. <laughs> finally. I can stop <laughs> having the thought of, holy shit, that's not on Xbox. <laughs> right? What the uh, that, It's coming next year, early next year. It is series only. It is not Xbox One. But this expansion will be on PS4, and they said they will be supporting PS4 into the future, which makes me think at least up until at least one more expansion. Which makes sense to MMO. You want that shit to be as yeah, like, no, Matt, as right. many people who can play it as possible. Nobody of wants course. to make anything for the original Xbox One, though. Like, not <laughs> because of the underpowered hardware. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then fucking Phil Spencer came out on stage, and so did the CEO of Square Enix, and they, the three of them, Yoshi P, Phil Spencer, and the CEO, did like a did like a powwow putting their hands together like shonen characters, and it was basically, we promise to stop cucking Xbox and we'll release <laughs> Final Fantasy on Xbox whenever possible. Translation, <laughs> not anymore because they're, they're going to get deals with Nintendo and Sony for all. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even... Oh, I, I guess Stranger of Paradise came to the Xbox, and that's like... Yeah, so, they did. so did Crisis Core did too. It was it's just Final Fantasy VII Remake. Wow, I did not know Crisis Core came out on there. Oh yeah, that's right. It, it's the only thing that really seems to be skipping it are these big tentpole releases, which I assume they just get deals with Sony for. And it's uh, funny because this deal makes me think. This deal makes me think that maybe they're like, yeah, we're just gonna be on fucking everything next time. The Switch will be good enough. Theatrhythm didn't come to Xbox. <laughs> oh. That's fucking strange. Yeah, I I was like, what? All right. I I sure hope Microsoft cut them a check for Final Fantasy 14 because I, to put it perfectly bluntly, cannot see enough people playing it on Xbox to make sense financially otherwise. Perfect for Game Pass. Uh, getting some other updates. Pixel remakes didn't come to Xbox. Neither did Octopath 2. That's weird because didn't Octopath 1 come to Xbox? Yes, it did. Yes. And it was the weirdest thing when they announced that. I'm like, but Octopath 1 didn't come to PS4, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But two did right. I all right. Um, but what, whatever that's that story. Uh, Fantasian is listed in the Steam database. Fantasian is the uh, that's the, the Sakaguchi Sakaguchi, the Mistwalker Sakaguchi game, RPG Mistwalker game. It it has pre-rendered backgrounds, except instead of being pre-rendered, they're photos of dioramas. It was locked to fucking. <laughs> it was fucking locked to iOS and did, the Apple Arcade. Did you know this game also has physically based lighting? Because they built <laughs> fucking sets so much. <laughs> it does look really nice, though. Yeah. Hopefully, the console or Steam version, the only confirmed version, has higher res picture, pictures because it looks so good. Yeah, that was and, the biggest disappointment when I was playing it is those pictures are not that high res. And if this could, you know, come out uh, before the end of this year and make me not a liar, that would be really great. Because <laughs> I said some shit about let's playing that. Yeah, we, we said we'd play it this year. I think that was a New Year's resolution. Please. We, we, Please. People break New Year's resolutions all the time, though. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't expect that for the guy who, like, lost 30 pounds and got fit? You don't expect that that's the guy who's breaking... I didn't play a video game. I broke my New Year's resolution. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's just like Luigi's Mansion 2. And now we're like, wait, they announced what? 
Oh, yeah, we're not playing the 3DS version. We're never doing that. That's true. <laughs> we're just throwing the park break, the emergency break on this. Um, God, I want to see every other game from Sakaguchi in Mistwalker come to modern stuff like Steam. Please. Yeah. Please. Give them freedom. Yeah. Doesn't a lot of that... Doesn't, is, doesn't Xbox have a lot of publishing rights for that shit? Uh, I mean... Not the last story. Yeah, not the last story. Oh, not the last story, but they would. They do for Lost Odyssey. They do. Which I need to replay now, because I do own it on Xbox, and it is backwards compatible, and I'm like, is this better than Final Fantasy thirteen? Probably. That, I, remember like, I remember liking it a lot when it first came out. I'm like, this is the only 7th seventh, seventh Gen JRPG that feels like a complete that feels like an old one i mean that was the, the meme at the time was putting the uh lost odyssey box art with the final fantasy 13 logo <laughs> uh yes wario 64 that. does that every time the game goes on sale that's what he posts yes um i was gonna say like chat's bringing it up blue dragon mm-hmm. right that's also yeah it's also him yeah we need God, blue we need dragon support. sucks so bad shut blue up i'm still gonna play it i'm an idiot suck. it can't suck it's, as much as dragon quest 7 that's impossible <laughs> Mm. I, I, I'm in, I'm Sound in. off in the comments if you played either or both of those games. <laughs> I beat Blue Dragon. That game's like dripless Dragon Quest. Uh, you know what you didn't beat and never will? Dragon Quest Seven, because you have I'll a bad reflex. No, you won't. No, I'll you won't. <laughs> I'm gonna come in here randomly one week and just be like, I've been playing this game secretly for eight months. <laughs> <laughs> I am now immune to all forms of poison because my body can keep down Dragon Quest Seven. Micro dosing fucking Dragon Quest Seven. Chris is like, you know, Dragon Quest Seven is right. What if the opening of a game was forty hours? I just, I just show up and I look like a Resident Evil boss. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I'm like, how about you eat this? And I shove the PS5 Pro into Chris's mouth and fire it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i played dragon I'm, quest 7 on the 3ds that's not the same game <laughs> you have to play the original ps1 one that's the one that's poison uh anyway uh, i'm gonna slander pc gamer now me <laughs> no so you're PC not gamer put, put <laughs> pc gamer put out a uh a review of rift apart because it came to pc of ratchet and clank rift apart uh which included the I've, you know, it's so rare when you see a game journalist just trot out the, it, it's not enough dollars per hour. Yeah. That ratio is bad. This game's only 15 hours long. Why is it $60? By the way, I'm a senior editor at PC Gamer. The rot is in at the highest level of this, this publication. I was really happy when everyone on the internet came out to yell at him. Yeah. It was like the whole village came out and started beating him with sticks. And I'm like, good. I, I went over to the For You tab on Twitter uh -huh. the next day, and it was still like, people are continuing to beat him with sticks. Everyone you know is high-fiving each other over it. I'm like, Jesus, literally everyone hates this guy. It's in, normally game journalists are pretty fucking good at circling the wet. It just like, we I don't see it. I don't see it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it, it's, it's professional courtesy to not criticize another person in this industry uh-huh but even them this time they're like no nah, we're getting you with these sticks bro we're sending you to hell yeah yeah it was it was dire motherfucker yeah. saying yeah sixty dollars is too much for this 10 hour immaculate super game and i'm like rift the parts the happiest i've been playing a ps5 game 
like my my most vivid memory of that game is going through you guys streaming it when it launched and at some point you stopped with man aggro must be really happy right now and me thinking oh i know exactly what time it was when you were there i was really happy right then this game is amazing <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah like the last thing I want is more 50, 60 hour games of bland mashed potatoes. Yeah, like, I would, like two days earlier, you remember I told you, I was like, man, you know what's great about this VR stuff is none of these games are trying to become my lifestyle. Yeah. They're great, fun, novel, like holistic experiences I get to have and move on. Yeah, like I we talked about this a little bit when God of War Ragnarok was contemporary you know was new mm -hmm. where it's like is this what we get if you make a normal linear game with the budget of these big ones it's 40 hours long and has constant new shit in it can we have can i have half of this as a normal game every once in a while please <laughs> yeah and you charge 60 and it would be like fucking awesome everybody wins <laughs> you spent half as much money making it and it's only <sighs> Like every few months, they, the game developers, or I'm, I'm sorry, publisher executives come out and like this, this kind of game development, like people keep wanting more. It's unsustainable. And you can hear in the background, the crowd outside shouting, no, we don't. We are asking you to stop doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous that these, and I have heard from people in the industry that executives are fucking terrified. Like, there's actual discussions at the higher levels of the companies like, we can't make be graphics better anymore. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, I mean... We trained consumers for 20 years to only care about graphics and not give a shit about framing or art direction or any of this other shit, and now we're going to have... We're going to need that stuff to sell games? Like... I, I like a couple of weeks ago when the Assassin's Creed Mirage director, I think, was like, yeah, we're, don't worry. We're not going to be one of those hundred plus hour terrible RPGs. And I was like, you can't just say that about <laughs> things in your own franchise. <laughs> you invented I mean, that shit over I there. Mean, even weirder, they're saying that about the last game they made, which also said that about the last game they made before that. Yeah. And then that guy had to go delete the tweet. Right. Because he, he was like, uh, oops. We did yeah, it again. It's, it, it, I've never like uh, <laughs> an argument. I've an argument I've heard before is that a reason that superhero movies degraded into everybody beating on each other in a big field is because audiences really didn't like Man of Steel and the city being destroyed during the climax. So studios went, "Well, if they don't want it to happen in a city, I guess it can happen in this cheaper place. That's easier for us." But games seem resistant to this. See, that's weird like these... because Civil War happens in a city. But then again, that's part of the plot of like, well, yeah, they destroyed the fucking city. It's a foreign city. <sighs> I mean, that's probably what they expected audiences to feel in that moment, that level of detachment. And they were probably right to assume such, sadly. But I just can't believe it's like, guys, you could ship half the game for the same price. The amount of people you'd lose is basically nobody. Right. Yeah. Well, they're gonna get they're gonna catch up once the Switch 2's out, they're gonna catch up quick or die. Yeah. Except for Ubisoft, which might be dead by the time the Switch 2 comes out. Man, let's just go over a really short list of things we could have been improving about games 
in the last 15 years instead of graphics. Things like maybe propping up directors and giving them directorial vision so that way they could be a marketing angle for their next game. Instead of spending the last 10 to 20 years grinding anybody who had any passion for this as an art form or a craft out of the industry. Mm -hmm. Maybe not engineering every game to have a sort of parasitic energy as it asks you to sign up for a street pass that's paid for on a $70 or $60 game. Maybe any number of these things. You kind of make the companies during 7th Gen, they're like, our game, no matter how single player the idea is, needs to have multiplayer, kind of come off as geniuses compared to you. Because you motherfuckers are putting ray tracing a game, assuming people could see that, and I'm me, and even still I have to go, there's a mild hue of green bouncing off of that onto the wall. This is why it will not <laughs> run well. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Uh, Chris, did you, like everyone said, that guy's a fucking idiot, but did you have anything else to say? <laughs> no, I was just calling him out because he that fucking idiot. Yeah, fuck that guy. He, he, he deserved to be dunked on publicly. He does. The motherfucker's like he still has a job. <laughs> Frankly, if you write an article that bad and you get that much negative attention, you should feel lucky you still have that job. There. There simply isn't a case where working at a grocery store, you could do something so bad with the food, every customer and coworker in the store comes up to you and goes, dude, what the fuck? What is your goddamn problem? And leaves. Anyway. Just put all the apples into a kiddie pool. Is that weird? And then dance around in it with a cucumber up my ass. Please stop. He's the senior editor. Yeah, he has a boss. <laughs> He's not the owner of PC gaming. Anyway, uh, last minute news. Right before we went live with this. For people who don't know, the RetroTink 4K last week was teased to have to be coming out later this year. Units have been shipped to a number of people in the retro gaming hardware scene, like Firebrand X, John Linneman, um, My Life in Gaming, probably. I don't think they confirmed that yet. And I believe uh, Joe from GameSec, he said, plan for $1,000 and be feel glad if it's not. Right before we went live, uh, Pixel FX, which is a group made from a number of different modders in the retro scene who made that PS2 HDMI mod, the gems thing I was talking about last week, announced hard details on their upscaler. Uh, the Morph 4K, this was a previously announced device, but now it has a firm name, uh, a date, and prices. Uh, it is launching in the fourth quarter of this year. It, too, will do 4K 60. Uh, I'm going to avoid those words because that won't mean anything to most anyone. But, yeah, it is Chroma Resolution 444. It can do HDR variable refresh rate and do black frame insertion. Oh. Um, it has all the custom scaling stuff you expect from all their other products. And the weirdest and also most appealing part of this to me is they have a base model that's just an HDMI upscaler. So if you already have RetroTINK 5X or you already have an HDMI out from your console, like our GameCube has an HDMI out, our Dreamcast has an HDMI out, mm -hmm. you can just put that into this and upscale it all the way to 4K. And that base model by itself is early adopters uh, price 375 so, frankly, even for our setup, it's like that alone is like 90% of the value. <laughs> I was seeing all of the uploads people were doing of screen captures from 
which they can't post direct screen captures, I think. They have to take pictures of their TV, I think. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the NDAs or whatever on the RetroTink 4K. But the value there, as John Lindman showed, is taking a PS3 game at 720p, doing a perfectly sharp upscale all the way to 4K, and then being like, look at how much more it pops on this TV now. And you can do that with this device for less than half the price of what the 14, uh, 4K retro tank allegedly will do um say you don't have an upscaler you don't have hdmi mods you want this for retro consoles um they have the other version of it which is called the more 4k plus analog and that one basically has an analog to digital video converter and stuff like that and analog inputs as an analog board and the price goes up to, I'm scrolling down to make sure I didn't misremember from the beginning of this podcast because there were a lot of numbers this episode. That's weird. It is in a very specific spot. There it is. Um, so as I just mentioned, HDMI only is early bird pricing 375, uh, normal price going forward 400. The analog added on to that is uh, 475, normal price going forward 500. Um, that's a really good deal in comparison. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is not a thousand dollars. It's a I can, half of that. I can really easily justify a four hundred dollar HDMI scaler. Mm -hmm. Like that is really easy for me to justify into this exact workflow. Like, I can use that on the Mister. I can use that on everything. Uh, the reason you want to use this, say you don't ever want to figure out how to fine-tune your scaling or you don't want to be on top of changing your capture resolution for your capture card or any number of these other things you need to do in order to have good image quality let me tell you you can just use this thing and upscale everything to 4k and then if you have a 4k 60 capture card just record that you can record it as h264 and now it's fine um there's a lot of value in a product like this i'm really glad they actually break it out like this unlike that other product the gems uh -huh. where i was like the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah i'm actually glad that this one has the two tiers because a lot of people do already have pre-existing scalers whether that's a 5x or an ossc like all these things could be upscaled by this to 4k and other stuff this is really exciting and i think this is really good the cheaper version lets you buy the analog board at a later date. I wonder how hard it would be to install. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Right. Uh, they did say they are open, open sourcing the specifications for the I.O. interface. I would think specifically for the analog board. So other people in the community could make it. Huh. They can make their own things you attach to this upscaler. This is good. This is all good. I like all this. Um, it's just an edge connector. Yeah, but they need to protocols and stuff um this that's great um this is really exciting news that i like it a lot <laughs> <laughs> and that's the news um yeah i'm gonna get one of these i'm gonna go the, the, the question is do i get the analog one and just not need to mess with that right ever again that seems like that a seems idea. like the the approach yeah that seems like a good idea yeah they um, could even resell the other thing True, the price hasn't gone down on it right. at any point. Or probably will anytime soon. Who knows? But uh, it, looks, it looks pretty good. Um, keep in mind, the different I.O. will be dependent on like what analog board you get for it. There's one that will take everything, but it's that weird B and C thing. 
I was talking about last week where it's like, we chose BNC because it can accept all these different signals. And it's like, yeah, but also no console puts out BNC. So you are necessitating me buying adapters. Um, but yeah, they, they've got SCAR component, et cetera. They, they show a bunch of different pictures of what you could do. Um, that looks good. And also that nightmare machine they're talking about constructing, which is called the infinity switch. Is that the fucking name you people are running with for that? Where it's just a bunch of different inputs and it'll automatically switch which one it's doing and then forward that to huh. this. They said there will be hard details on that in the fourth quarter and launching later. But hey, now that it's not, this product can stand on its own because it has an analog board. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really as necessary. Right. In theory, you can just buy the connectors you need. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, looks good. Sounds really good. That's it. That's news. That's all of it. We did it. Woo! Hey, Bob. Hey, what's up? Mario and Luigi? Could you imagine? <laughs> Madness. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's too much. Well, I'm used won't... to Mario being a mute and Luigi doing nothing. <laughs> uh... <laughs> People are dying and Luigi does nothing. Um... No, I'm Luigi sure. dances. And Luigi, I mean, in Mario Luigi, <laughs> he will dance while people die because we're going to fuck up at some point, maybe. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that stream. Uh, that's going to be here tomorrow on twitch.tv slash gigaboots. Uh, Dr. Agro, what do you got going on? I'm um, going to play some more video game. Um, okay. I'm going to see if I can finish up cool. Humanity by next week, even though I have no idea how long it is. Yeah. And I realized I really don't know how long it is because there's a bunch of shit in that trailer that I'm not doing yet. And I don't know how you smoothly get to the shit in that trailer. Oh, it's just a fucking on switch. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming like, and lightsabers. <laughs> um, Chris, what do you got going on? Uh, I'm going to start streaming. The only modern Bioware game I have not played on stream, which is, uh, because I didn't own an Xbox when I did all of those. And the only good way to play Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is via <laughs> Xbox back compat because the PC version is terrible. You're not going to wait for the remake? <laughs> uh, considering, <laughs> considering one, we have no idea how long, how long that'll be, if it even ever comes out. And two, they said it's going to have action game combat, and that makes me, the idea that makes me want to peel my skin off because the name... Bioware and action combat were next to each other. Mm -hmm. And I already played fucking Jade Empire. I know how that goes. <laughs> That's so we'll be starting that because it's like, okay, let's let's tack it off the list. We're going to start a long running two different game stream series, uh, KOTOR and Dragon Quest 7. <laughs> KOTOR's not that long. Oh, really? No, it's only like it's only like twenty five thirty, like all those others, huh? Like all their other games. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I, I, pl please, please tune in to, to, and then ask me why the entire screen is blurry, and I have to be like, uh, because the power that makes you move faster makes the whole screen blurry when you move. <laughs> That's how you know you're fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, hopefully, I can make that stream. I was pretty sad when I couldn't make. Uh... The, you know, war cops. War cops, cops I'm, that do war. I've been live 25 hours on Twitch. 
you know, it says here on how long to beat the PlayStation version of Dragon Quest Seven is only 109 hours. Good lord. Yeah. Maybe that game's secretly great. Maybe once you just eat through the intro, it becomes the greatest game ever made. The 3DS version is 35 hours shorter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the value of having two screens. Yeah. Oh. PC gamer must love this game. So much value. Ooh, so full. Nom, nom, nom. So if video games were food. <laughs> That's it. See you all next week. Bye. Wait, that's the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs>